3: Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby It doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. On this, this most European of European weekends, I am sat in the dungeon with a very ill Phil. How are you, ill Phil? Uh, hello, JB. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. I've been better.
2: A little bit of a DMV oh, for God. the last 24 hours. Well, not last 20, last uh, 12 or 16 oh, hours.
0: On. Lovely DMV. stuff. DMV.
3: Uh, D and V, don't worry. Just not nice things. Diarrhea not- and vomiting. That's oh,
0: a bit of gastro. Yes. Like
3: yes. Nice. And yet here he is doing stuff,
2: uh, soldiering on for you boys.
3: Well done, Phil. You absolute hero. <laughs> and <laughs> for, talking of heroes, I mean, does this guy ever stop working? Probably had poached eggs today with pow- with powdered pepper because he worked so hard. <laughs> Tim Cocker, how are we?
0: <laughs> it was it was proper ground pepper. Oh, I can confirm. Thank God. But, um, was it a travel fact, tavern? Uh, it, it was not. I'm, I'm at the uh, the Doubletree, Re- at the Rico st- Stadium. Nice. Or oh, not the Rico anymore, the Coventry Building Society Stadium. It is an impressive stadium, that. Do you not think? It, when there's people in it, then yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that is very fair. That is very fair indeed. But potentially, <laughs> if it was full, it would be very impressive. Beautiful stadium. Well, I
0: appreciate you not letting me... Uh, I appreciate you allowing me not to come back in person, because... Um, it just seemed pointless, going to Manchester, only to double back to London. So
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, what, what? And look at like, ill Phil going there, and, and I feel guilty now, sat in my pants in a hotel room.
2: <laughs> well, actually, Tim, we're both sat in our pants here, yeah. so, so you're not missing
0: out. I know, I can see JB's got the camera positioned perfectly. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, right, so, did anyone enjoy this weekend's rugby?
0: Before we get into that, I've just got a bit of admin we need to do. Oh, yeah, please, go on. So, well, you're listening now, and thank you for that. Um, you're, you're not alone. One of the greatest rugby players on earth clearly listens. Oh, to uh, my TV. advice would be That's let... Hold on, hold like, on, hold on. on. Like, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. do know what will happen then. One of the greatest rugby players on earth clearly listens to the podcast. Have a listen to Marcus Smith at the end of this clip on a rival podcast. In- let the play happen. Like, advantages are better than penalties. Which and don't be a noise, like, if anyone's, like, taking half a second to roll away, don't be a noise.
3: Let him roll.
1: Yeah, let the boys play, I reckon.
3: Perfect. Pretty conclusive. Yes.
2: Pretty.
0: Mark, Marcus Smith, that is. And if you just have a listen to the very start of the clip, JB, I reckon Danny Again? Care w- thinks about saying let the boys play and stops himself uh, uh, from saying uh, let the well, boys play. Well, I had
3: to contact Harlequins when I heard this just to see if they did listen to the Egg Chaser's Ruby podcast. And, of course, they did, oh... Tim, we've got a guest. But we
0: do have. Oh, is that who I think it is, JB?
3: It is, it is. Let me uh, make sure that all. So, we know Phil has had a terrible weekend. I've had a good weekend. Tim, you've had a good weekend. Rowan, how has your weekend been and what have you been up to? Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Out the um, blue weekend for me. Um, obviously, uh, got to play against um, current uh, European champions, um, Toulouse. So. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty pretty buzz weekend, John. So
3: quite astonishing. So uh, I'll give you a proper introduction now. We're talking to Rowan Jenkins, uh, who started this week for Cardiff Blues against Toulouse. And I think now you might be the best ever Jenkins to play loser prop for for <laughs> Cardiff Rugby Club, right?
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I remember my jeans jersey getting then, so yeah, I was quite aware of what you know.
3: Uh, well, I'll just introduce you to everyone. Obviously, I'm JB. This is Phil. Hello. Hello, everyone. Uh And what then Tim know? is down the line.
0: What a story. What a weekend. Um, uh, Rowan, t- tell us about the, the build-up to this from your perspective, coming out of the blue to, to, as you say, facing the European champions.
1: Yeah, Tim's obviously quite aware through social media and things that um, the Card- Cardiff um, rugby had fallen into... Um, obviously a situation with the government and they, they were all going to isolation um, and obviously i tout, I talked out to them um, last Christmas when they were obviously through Covid they had a couple of injuries as well um, so a few boys had joked to me last week saying well, there's a chance they'll probably ring you again now because they were keeping their fixture on um, I just dropped back I said ah oh, no I, I doubt it and then the Thursday before the Toulouse week then I got called in by our Braven just before training. Um to a meeting. Uh, Gary James was brought in to me as well and we sat with the chairman, the head coach and Steve Jones, the team manager, and they just um discussed the situation really and it was quite surreal, it was it was sort of you know, we all knew how big the occasion was straight away and I'm not say we were all in disbelief, but it was it just happened at a rate of not? you know what I mean? And it was more of a Day sort of thing. It was absolutely incredible to watch,
3: and not only was it incredible to, to what you boys get that opportunity, it was incredible to listen to, to the Cardiff crowd too.
1: Yeah, like we we were getting spoken to, you know, as the week was going on, uh, the tickets were going in, and um, it, it was looking like it was going to be a sellout. And obviously, it was I knew in my mind, it was nothing I'd ever experienced before. So, um, to be fair to the, the senior Cardiff players as well, they, they were more for us as in uh, just make sure you enjoy the moment and, you know, there's no no pressure. Um, you know, we, we went through a framework in the week. Uh, to be fair, with Lee, and griff, and TRT, they've had to, you know, pick up other processes for the week from other coaches. They've been left a handle it, and... Um, Like I said, uh, they were just wanting us to do well, you know, as we as we could without too much information, you know.
3: Oh, I think there was not just the coaches that wanted me to do well. It felt like the whole of Wales and probably every neutral watching rugby on Mm. the morning of Saturday was hoping that you'd do well.
1: Yeah, again, like I said, it's it's been such it was such a fast week, and like I said, Sunday. I was still sort of, um, you know, I was still going through my phone and catching up the messages that I've received because it was a lot from. People I've known throughout my my rugby past and school friends and things like that. But um yeah, the crowd, you know, like I said, they they didn't know me anything. But you know, coming out for of the warm up and things like that, they would just you know shout to my name, wish me well, and so you know, that, that was that was an experience in itself. So
3: Rowan, you showed up to training on Tuesday. How many times a week do you train with Aberavon?
1: Uh, well, yeah, to be fair, from last weekend it was it was the Monday. So, but with Arb and it's, it's twice a week. You do twice a week. So, what do you do with the, with with the rest of your time? Very fortunate. I I look after the ground as well as Arbroath. Ah. Um, me and the team manager Steve Jones. And it really is quite quite something. Can you
3: tell us a little bit about the team talk? How were you guys spoken to? What was said to get you up for this? I, I know not much was actually needed to get you up for it, but still
1: again it's horrible through the week you know um, to be fair uh, the senior players who remained remained in Cardiff um, Ellis Jenkins um, Ollie Robinson um, Seb to be fair he's running the linehouse this week um, they just key moments in training you know when you're going through different like structures or whatever you're looking at between our units and scrummaging they, they just fed in throughout the week you know just to enjoy the moments uh, take them as they come throughout the game um, and again there was no pressure sort of leave the big decision making to them Ellis uh, again was at the forefront of that was, but again it was unbelievable to be in his presence as well because he was like, captain of the international team just a yeah. couple of weeks ago you know. <laughs> you
0: know so Rowan in rugby generally like you know when the whistle blows people talk about the crowd just fades into the background and you just get on with the game was it like that for you or were there moments in the game where you're looking around just sort of pinching yourself a little bit
1: yeah there was def- definitely that coming out moment you know obviously I've never run out with a small machine behind me um...
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, well I mean you look after the ground at on now could you maybe
1: implement that <laughs> I, I obviously have to ask uh, Steve Jones and uh He's infamous, so was allowed to go on there. Was quite traditional, so I, I doubt that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I said, the, the crowd, unbelievable. He was rocking. You could hear it from the change room underneath. It was rocking, ready for us to come out. Um, but like I said, to be fair to Ellis, like, with the pace of the game, I, I suppose every time there's a stoppage, he's sort of reminding the new faces just keep breathing. Two minutes, every two minutes, keep breathing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's sort of how it went you know just every couple of minutes and obviously that piece was obviously quite a test for me in the weekend um, again, again a big experience there you know but um, like I, I was quite fortunate I, I wasn't shocked shocked about how tough that bit was going to be because uh, fortunate enough I had, had time with the Ospreys Um so I saw a new just coming in. It's just I hadn't felt it for four or five years, you know. Mm.
0: And give us a, give us a sense of the intensity of the European champions. Just what a what a step up that is.
1: Um, it's a, it's just margins of error. It's, uh, as much as uh, the Cardiff the Cardiff uh, backroom were quite uh, low key and not worrying about mistakes and things like that. Uh, you could just sense, like for example, getting up off the floor or. Uh, being in defence, uh, our attacking structure. Like if you were just, if you thought about it, you were too late. That's how yeah. it felt. So and, it wow. sort of happened as second nature, uh, the way it felt. Or well, especially watching uh, Dupont, for example. You know, you just—it it was weird. It just naturally just glides, glides. So, so,
0: so Rowan, you can confirm Antoine Dupont is g- quite good at rugby.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, because he the night before he'd had Player of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like setting up for a scrum, you know, you peer to your left a little bit and he's feeding the scrum you're playing in, you know, it's now, um things are like special, I guess.
3: Now, I've got a question for you because you were saying you, know, you had so much reverence for uh, you know, uh, um, Alice Jenkins and, and, and the Welsh boys. You didn't have that much reverence for uh, Dorian I- Alder Gary I seem to recall it at one point telling him to scrimmage lower. I quite enjoyed that, or at least that's what it looked like. What did you say to him?
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Like uh, the boys from our are tell me, they know my my uncle, yeah, yeah, and no, all. Luke Davis is normally my uh telling me to shut up because I probably I normally uh, my mouth run a bit too much in the game <laughs> but I guess I'd probably lost the 50-50 decisions of the ref so um, I was probably trying to bluff a couple of scenarios, make him second guess the decisions he was given uh, but I totally forgot, You know, I was, I was playing against someone who's probably not much of an English speaker, speaking fluent French so when I was saying something I, I wasn't getting I was having a French answer so whether we understood each other, I don't know
2: and Excellent. You, you, you're playing against an all French international front row as well, and pretty much an international pack that uh, Toulouse are that good. How did that feel? Yeah. How do-
1: <laughs> well, again, we were, obviously I, I I'm not sizes, but I know I'm not the biggest of loose heads, But I I've just been fortunate. I just keep I've I've always worked as hard as I can, but. Um, so, I guess most players I'll come across at that level in the pack are going to be bigger, but some of the players that were coming on as the game grew with Toulouse, they were just getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> or so they can move and be that size as well, you know? I,
3: I think that is the key point, isn't it? I mean, you know, there's not a huge difference between championship lads and um, top 14 lads, I guess. It's the fact that they just keep moving and moving and moving and moving. It's relentless.
1: Yeah, like, like for example, some one of their kickoffs they received from us. Um, like one of their players was managing to pick one player up by himself. Obviously, he oh, yes. thought and he was throwing forward, then so he could run on. Uh, you know, that was something I, I've never seen before live, anyway. But yeah, I've I've yeah, certainly never seen some big bits of timber out there.
3: Yeah, so next week you'll probably be dishing out some punishments to Will Low, and everyone's going to be uh, fully supporting you d- doing that. But I just want to know. Um, First of all, if you were not playing, who was playing prop for for Aberavon yesterday? And then, what was the reception like when you came into the Aberavon clubhouse post Cardiff match?
1: Yeah, so it was a bit of a different week, for Aberavon, which sort of gave me the, the big green light for the Toulouse game. They played um, on a Thursday evening um, ah. because um, our Welsh broadcaster, S4C, were doing like an online link thing. But uh, fortunately, Aberavon. Uh, we've got quite a very strong front row. Uh, the, the two boys in my position are also um, ex professionals, um, Jordan Walters and not Fawcett. it. Oh, okay. uh, both Reese Fawcett more from the Scarlets, but he's had loan with Ospreys and Jordan being with the Ospreys previously. And um, so yeah, they've younger boys, but still, you know, still grow into the game. But yeah, they have so it's in a good
3: place. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well well done on the weekend I think people will be talking about that for years and years and years and as they should do too boys have you got you want any more no very impressive <laughs> well done well done Rowan
0: yeah immense effort and um yeah top stuff and uh, here's to more yeah
3: and uh, right. smash harlequins
1: on the weekend please yeah yeah excellent thanks for getting in touch che- yeah, bye. Cheers, cheers bye bye rowan.
0: rowan there's been some great stories this week hasn't there that that's that is an awesome story.
3: Yeah, I had to work well, not that hard, but relatively hard to get to get hold get hold of Rowan in the five hours that I decided to do so. Well he's big time now. <laughs> yeah. It is genuinely incredible. And the game was incredible too.
2: So this is one of the, the games that I've only seen little snippets of it. I've not I didn't get to
3: watch the full thing. Yeah, so let me tell you how this one unfolded for me. Did you see us, Tim?
0: Uh bits and bobs. Okay. But I, 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 again, it was more about the the stories for me. I'm not really. I, we knew what the result was going to be. Whoever Cardiff put out, really, with the greatest respect to Cardiff, they're. I mean, they're actually a very good team when they're at full strength. But the European champions were going to win. But I just love. It was just such a romantic Honestly. tale, and 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 we'll talk about it in the in the same light. I'm sure when we talk about Munster, for example, some of the no, some they, of the romance well, of rugby. Yes in, and no, in, in, but yes uh, and no.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I obviously. Um, Munster had their issues and Wasps had their issues today but just not quite on the same level as this and also I think it's just this wonderful mix of the absolute best players that Cardiff have Yeah
0: and then some low knees um, Yeah and, well, and just to, just to um, add, add to that point that you made I think this is why I was really disappointed at um, Scarlet's well, I understand I do I know Bristol are very very <clears throat> aggrieved <clears throat> they made a statement saying they're trying to recoup some of the the huge amount of lost money from from having no game whatsoever mm. uh, they 're very very disappointed and but I just think you know scarlets would wouldn 't have won they might have got a hiding, but Cardiff got a hiding, but everyone 's on got this real positive feeling about the club as a result
3: everybody won on the weekend which is a weird thing to say when you lost obviously to lose when you know uh, those lads from cardiff did absolutely brilliantly but for me this is the first time i've been interested in cardiff rugby for about 10 years i just (laughs) you know if i hear cardiff's on i'm not bothered bothered about watching them because they're never really in the european last stages so they're not in big games but i thought you know i'll turn i'll I'll turn on for this Mm the first 10 minutes and bearing bear this in mind I had to go and play for Talk H's second team because our first team was called off obviously um,
0: and I thought you enough
3: you mean yeah yeah that as well <laughs> uh, and I thought okay I'm right on the edge here if I leave now I'll just about make the meet so I'll watch the start of this game and as soon as to lose look out of sight um, I will then head off and it didn't work out like that at all. Toulouse got two kicks, and then before you know it, Cardiff go over via Josh, Josh Adams, Adams for the try. I think, wow, this is incredible. And every time a decision went Cardiff's way, the crowd would go wild. And it looked like a big crowd. I don't know what it actually was, but it looked like it was packed.
0: Mm. Well, I, c- I can say from the from the grounds I was at this weekend, there is just an energy which comes alive uh, on these European weekends oh. It's it, it's such a special Competition do you, know, do you know what it made me think
3: More than anything else And this is not my usual line of thinking At all about rugby in any way, shape or form But it made me think That maybe, just maybe There is room in rugby For an FA Cup style competition Where it could be championship And <coughs> premiership Or maybe there's some sort of cup Competition that starts in the summer And then you know, um, National 2 going to Championship and then the winners of that finally get to play off play a a a Premiership team
2: because it, it used to happen years ago and yeah. I, I remember in the mid-90s Wasps Pilkington,
0: Pilkington, Pilkington Cup, as Cup as it was I think that, yeah.
2: that's what I remember it as but Wasps visited Sedgley Park in the mid to late 90s Did with they? with a load of stars yeah, I was about 10 or 12 at the time <clears throat> and it was brilliant it was an incredible day probably a few thousand turned up to Sedgley which is a very very big crowd for Sedgley uh,
0: yeah it I is re- I, equally I remember um, I was just coming through into the Newbury first team when Newbury got drawn away to Leicester
2: awesome and gave, and gave them a scare.
0: gave them a scare at Welford Road which was just unbelievable to watch The t- my hometown club uh, get to play at Welford Road against a load of internationals and really do a job. And then I also, there's some brilliant stories like um, I remember Per Bees as it was. Yes,
3: as Balta mentioned, Per Bees. Beating
0: Wasps with uh, one, uh, someone I played rugby with um, for Newbury actually, Mark Woodrow scored the, the penalty that, yes. that beat Wasps. So I. Because, because giant I, killings. I always remember Per Bees beating
3: Wasps, but I was just double checking that then. Because I kind of thought they'd beat another Premiership team like Bristol, and then they'd lost to Wasps later on. Mm. Maybe I've got that completely wrong. They definitely beat a a major team. I'm sure it was Wasps actually.
0: Now I think it was Wasps. Yeah. I,
2: my assumption is that got canned because up, up to kind of professionalism and a few years after professionalism, there probably wasn't there was a, there was a gulf. Yeah, but it wasn't as big as the gulf got when all the professional athletes like you look at the the 2003 to 2011 um strength and conditioning period where the the best players got bigger, stronger, faster to an enormous extent. But probably at the lower levels now and down to say, I don't know, tier 4 perhaps. That that strength and conditioning has permeated down and there are Bigger, stronger boys playing at every single level. So
0: maybe it's not well, yeah, the craziest he, thing. Yeah, there's hemo rage and stuff like that now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> loads of pre-workout, he- loads sometimes. of hemo rage flying about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be up for that. But uh, the rugby this weekend—I uh, mean, it, there, there's no surprise to see some of the, the big teams performing really well. What was the what was the result of the weekend for you? Well,
2: um, oh, gone. No question, Ulster.
0: I mean,
3: the game of the week was still the Cardiff game for, for me. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting all misty-eyed and romantic about that, but yeah, that would be the one for me. Harlequins' result was phenomenal. Um, Exeter proved that they were back. Yeah, actually, probably most impressive of the lot was the discipline shown by Leicester to win that game.
0: I, I was going to say I th- for me, it's a toss-up between the, t- the two away wins at the big, f- highly favoured French clubs: Ulster in Clermont. And Leicester in Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah, that
2: Bordeaux result is really phenomenal. And the the Ulster and the Leicester um, performances—they they are both fantastic results. They went about it in quite different ways, actually. Leicester kept it incredibly tight. They kicked a, a huge amount, and George Ford had probably the best game I've seen him have in several years. Um, best game not in an England shirt, I thought he was absolutely magnificent the way that he controlled that game, Mm. Mm. but that was quite different to how Ulster approached Claremont, and they went and played, they they weren't afraid, they didn't just kick it and kick the corners and try and grind it out, they were happy to play from anywhere and some of the offloading, some of the the line breaks, and some of the play by particularly James Hume who was absolutely magnificent all day, it was sensational.
3: So we mentioned this in the kitchen before recording and I'm going to throw it out there just a little bit of a conversation piece but when you say they really went at them is this not the tactic that basically smaller less aggressive teams have to use which is we've got to play wide we've got to throw it out the back door we've got to do everything you know we've got to press every advantage that we have because we can't be slow and methodical and exeter chiefy for want of a better word so
2: Yes that that I think that is true. I almost feel like you're saying that as a negative because I it's, think it's, I am really. It's even in my mind it's almost more impressive because Clermont can do they can do the big physical stuff. They've also got an incredible backline and they showed how dangerous they were when they got a few chances. You only need to give Pernod half a sniff of a gap and he'll score, well two tries as he did mm. at the weekend. So to to go and Match them up front as they did And then outplay them in the backs Is really, really
3: yeah, impressive If you're not as big or as physical as someone Yeah, you are right actually Because once you get on that front foot And Ulster were on the front foot It's important to note that They were on the front foot both through the pack Both through the carrying And I think you can do that But the hard thing is to continue to do it over and over again Whereas if you're a bigger team I think you can afford not to Knowing that you can re-establish some dominance later Or you can defend the defend the opposition carries yeah, no, they I, do
0: have a bit. Of, they do have a bit of balance also. I think like um big Stuart McCloskey gave him a real focal point. Yeah, uh, and who the ball can carry a ball? Uh, is he? Yeah, academy? and <laughs> so some of their forwards were, were hard carriers. So they they did they did a lot of they did a lot of graft and grunt. But just uh, I think as as Phil said, when they had the opportunity, guys like Mike Lowry, James Hume and stuff, just had, some just of had him. A crack. Yeah, some of Mike Lowry's offloading is outrageous. Sure How brave is that? How brave is he being that? Going
3: what, up against some of those monsters. Yeah, but, you know, I thought you were going to say, yeah, "How brave is he offloading like that?" It's like, well, what other option does he have? <laughs> <Like this. laughs> just how brave is he
0: stepping onto a rugby pitch? At, like, yeah, very twelve stone,
3: wet through. He loves it. He loves it. Let's um, Just come back to uh, the carrying. I thought that the Clermont back row looked like they were going to be carrying a lot of ball very effectively. They looked like just a list of big carriers. Fritzley, Yartel. And uh, Itaria. Uh, I mean, is a little bit different, but he does carry very well and offloads beautifully.
2: Yeah, and for the whole of the first half, and for most of the game, really, Ulster kind of stemmed that, that um, physical edge that the back row um, definitely had. There was one amazing carry in the first half by Yarto where he bumps off, I can't remember who it was, it might have been um, Andrew Warwick, he bumps off and then gets smothered by two players but still manages to get the ball out, out of the back door, I think to Raka. And I, oh my God, how can you contain someone who is this powerful, this strong, this big? He is a seriously big, strong boy, is uh, Paselli Yarto. But Ulster, Ulster managed it and they yeah. man- managed it for the majority of the game, remarkably.
3: Yeah, let's just talk about that bit of officiating by Wayne Barnes. Some amazing get out of jail. I mean, for the try. Wayne Barnes is a barrister by trade, isn't he? And after seeing the way he got himself out of the pickle, I would hire him <laughs> any day of the week now. So you're referring to the
2: uh, Timoney try. The Nick Timoney try where Mike Lowry breaks through the middle, Yeah, he gets tackled and goes to offload and the fullback uh, the Claremont fullback kind of, I'm not actually sure he knocked it forward but he kind of slaps down the offload Wayne Barnes then blows up as Timoney's collecting the ball and sliding over, now I think, so when he played the replay, when, after some time actually, after some uh, consternation they played the replay they ultimately played the last replay without sound. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if they'd play... Obviously, Wayne Barnes can't hear the sound because he's in the stadium. But I think the, had the TMO played it to himself with sound, I think the, the whistle was blown prior to Timini sliding over.
3: Well, the, the dilemma came, didn't it? Because was, I think, Itarria close enough to perform a cover tackle, or at least be technically in cover, for whoever it was to score the try. Timony, was it? It was Timony, yeah. Yeah. And I think the answer might have been yes. So the yellow card comes out. So he, he sort of does it backwards, right? So he's thinking, goodness me, I have messed up quite severely here because that <laughs> is a Ulster try and I've cost them So let's level it up a bit. Let's start with this yellow card. Yellow card. Okay. Right now which how, which just on the
2: yellow card. 100% am, right. I'm still not hundred percent certain that ball goes forward. I think it it goes. Parallel, they didn't have a great angle, which is unlike French TV uh, production crews Um, But it went kind of down and then bounced backwards So I think it might have been flat initially, but happy to take it
3: Okay, so a couple of things on that Number one, it does look deliberate As in, it looks like a deliberate slap So if it is a deliberate slap, it has to be, in my mind, 100% clear to go backwards If it's a 50-50, you lose the benefit of the doubt because it's just such a cynical move. So
0: Well yeah, but, but it's not but it's not cynical, it's completely within the laws if it's flat or backwards. Well if you're slapping yeah. a ball
3: out of the air,
2: that is I mean that would be your that's interpretation. <laughs> that, yeah. that is not how the
3: that is not how the no, laws operate. No, it is not. But that's how I would how I would look at it. So I, I yeah. think it probably did go forward. But anyway, so and also doesn't really need to go forward because the it's whole the point t- is Wayne Balls think, thinks he thinks he's messed up. So in his mind, doesn't need to go forward. It's forward enough. Here is yellow card, sir. Now he's got to get, him, get himself out of this little hole, which is he has. Not given the try to Ulster So he's looking at the penalty try Oh, it's really a bit close Let's run that through again And as you alluded to first time, Phil The beauty of this was Do you have a view When I'm putting the whistle To my mouth? Yeah, I know <laughs>
2: Which what? could have been It could have been him adjusting After he's already blown Exactly it was,
3: it was No, quite... no, no I'll try <laughs> What are the chances? <laughs>
2: but I feel I feel justice was done And it was the right the, Certainly the try was, was definitely the right outcome
3: I think a try with no yellow card possibly might be
2: the right outcome. The try is definitely the right outcome. The yellow card, I'll take or leave it. As it happens, I'll take it. Yes, absolutely. As you should.
0: You know what I'm going to really miss? When Wayne Barnes does retire, I'm going to miss the way he says, shoulder.
2: He says what?
0: Shoulder. Shoulder. He doesn't say shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's definitely contact. First contact's on the shoulder. 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 (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. I can see that. Yeah, because there was the... Oh god, there was quite a contentious <coughs> high card shot that he gave as a penalty only, uh, wasn't there? I don't remember.
0: That. Oh, I agreed with that. I, I wish he'd been refereeing today at um Wasp. Wasps. Because um just, just 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 yeah, just let's get get the little refereeing slot out of the way. The the red card for red for Brad Shields today, Roman Poit, just r- ruined Well, I know I say ruin the game, we talk about this a lot. 14 players isn't the end of the world, especially if you're Wasps, they actually do quite well with 14, but terrible red card decision, in my humble opinion.
2: Yeah, and the uh, Wasps, actually, the, the worst time for them was when they were down to 13, when yeah. Frost was also Frost, off the yeah, pitch.
0: Yellow carded. Mm. Um, which and, and, and That, that the, was a
2: yellow card. That was a yellow card, <laughs> definitely. that's
0: fine. The, the, the other one was, I think it was Ben Whitehouse, you know, we were talking about Luke Pearce marching teams back 10 metres. Did you see what, um, oh, which player was it? Was it an Exeter player or a Montpellier player? Oh,
3: it was. Uh, yeah, something happened. That I remember someone began marched back, and of course, this is the new cool thing now. As soon as the player gets marched back, we're all meant to, be, you know, be absolutely thrilled by, uh, be absolutely thrilled by it.
0: Well, well, I thought Luke Pierce Luke Pierce was fine last week. This time, it was the player didn't even say anything. He just pulled a confused face at the ref, and the ref said, "No, don't don't pull that, oh, that face." Oh, it, it was Henry Thomas. Henry well, Thomas from Montpellier the, that's
3: right <laughs> my, 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 I've got a phone right and it's got a life of its own I've got a Google 6 uh, Google Pixel 6 whatever it is and humble brag it's, yeah it's one of the smartest phone out there it's self-aware
0: <laughs> it turns its own Bluetooth
3: on. It does all sorts of weird stuff.
0: <laughs> You're doing a lot of groundwork just to justify your um, search history to your missus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it likes what it likes! <laughs> 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 yeah, it, but that's, that was the first, getting marched back 10 metres for a facial expression.
2: Yeah. There, there was, a, um, in the Quinn's cast game, there was a period of time... Rory, uh, Rory Co- Cockett. Cockett yeah. yeah, where he... I, I didn't because I was, like, had it on kind of in the background I didn't quite hear what he said but according to the uh, comment he, he'd said bullshit it decision twice yeah but he said it twice he repeated it didn't he,
3: so he he's, on his last, he's on the last few games of his last season of his, as a professional movie player do what you want <laughs> if you're going to do it do it now
2: yeah go big or go home
3: yeah, um, yeah. I, I didn't see I didn't see the Wasps again but do you want to t- touch on it now whilst we're
0: here no 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 let's do- oh, okay yeah well I suppose let's, let's yeah. talk about it from the romantic point of view as, as well because um I mean, I think maybe in the build-up to this, people went a little overboard on Munster and the difficulties they've had, which have been significant. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And But they still had nine full internationals in their starting line-up, an incredible set of backs. But for some of those young lads to come in, a bunch of them were playing under-18s rugby last season. Yeah. A bunch of uh, Several of them made their debut in the starting 15. 12 of them made their debut in the matchday squad. And for... Um Campbell, Patrick Campbell, the fullback to get yeah. a try on debut for Scott Buckley, who I think he might be nephew of Tony Buckley. Oh wow uh, interesting I did, great. Yeah, I did wonder. To get star of the match, um and score a debut Man of, the match. Try Man on of debut. the match. Man of the match. Oh, no, Man of the match Heineken. Heineken star, star of the match. I don't mind that, that makes sense. All right, Star's fine. fine. That that was just I mean, just awesome story um as well. Yeah. Uh, but 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 I think potentially and we'll let, let you t- sorry to go on Phil. Um but I think maybe people went o- a little overboard on it because Wasps have got 18 players out injured and then lost five more. Yeah, on the morning of the game, basically.
2: Yeah, or the, the yeah the day before, or the morning of the game. It was remarkable from well both teams to be fielding actually what was pretty strong teams, considering just how many people were missing for both sides.
0: Yeah. 59 and, players in total across the team. 50- oh. Wow!
2: So... <laughs> that,
0: that is like two full squads. So can I just say,
3: I've got more news on both mm-hmm. these teams. I don't want to talk about the game team. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it as long as, long as you guys want to talk about it. But, I do have two bits of news for both of these teams, if you want to get into it now? We're Go
2: on, on give us your news and then me and Tim might touch on the game a little bit.
3: Sure. So the first one is... Vincent Cock is sign of wasps Yes Now we talk about money on this podcast a lot And how you want to allocate your salary cap I I cannot think of a better way to spend your money Than on Vincent Cock I I really can't But the problem with
2: So Vincent Cock will be 10% of their salary cap Yeah And he will be 10% of their salary cap Because he can't be a marquee player for the first three years Because he's moving from a premiership club So that is an issue So Vincent Cock is a brilliant player like one of the best in the world in his position and there are relatively few um world class tight heads. So from that side it's amazing. You you're actually better to get someone who is outside of the premiership because then you can allocate them as a marquee player.
3: That is true. But for WASPs, I think it's gonna be one in one out. I, I can't see them keeping Jeff Tamonga Allen because he's on big money. Mm-hmm. They've also got a load of money stashed away because they never replaced Kieran Brooks. Okay. It would be the cornerstone of that pack yep. anyway. And they never replaced Sopawonga, who would have been on big money yeah. like for like. So if you're going to spend money, spend it on big physical humans. The, I think scarcity in rugby is in these big body talented humans rather than just talented humans in no, talented humans in normal <laughs> bodies. That, that That's what makes him so special. So for Wasps to pull this off, I mean, presumably he must have had offers coming from every which way.
2: Yeah, I would have thought so because he'd have had offers from France. he will have had yeah, offers he'll have from had Japan offers
0: for sure. Uh, this is the the salary cap thing, just meaning that players' options are uh, limited in some respects. Because he has traded uh, the opportunity to win trophies. I'm sure Saracens probably offered him a deal, but on lower money, or he would have had offers at better clubs for less money. But this is this is the reality of it. So yeah, yeah. G- good on him. Take the cash. What's the monster news? Well, let me just get up a message. So. It seems to
3: be that Peter Morney has got himself into a little bit of trouble. Have you seen the video?
2: I've seen the video. It's, it's about six seconds long, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, I well, he, he's, he's, he's less than complimentary of one particular part of...
3: Yeah, Gary Owen. The province. Rugby club. Yeah. So let me see if I can find this video for you. Blah, 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 blah. blah. No, 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 no. God, I've got lots of tweets from idiots, but nothing.
0: Let's see if I can find it on here. Just while you're waiting, I'll fill some time by just saying we're contacteggchasers at gmail.com. And I got an email from Joe Riley, who quite rightly pulled me up on my footwear today, having made such a thing about, um, <laughs> you know, standards. He he put He did spot that I was wearing my Navy uh shell trainers today oh Tim. which uh, but in my defense i w- i was never i wasn't expecting to be on camera today okay. so um i was be- i was a I was a, co- I was a late call up to the to the presenting slot and so the footwear ref- reflected that and i could i had a, a pair of navy shell to go with my navy trousers i'd already worn my black shoes with my um the gray uh, trousers on friday night so i bet you dressed up your wrist though <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah! Platinum right,
1: wrist so
3: here is Pietro Morney Sending a message To Presumably
2: get, Well No it was It was uh, The other club Yeah was, was
3: Send a message to Someone who's about to play Gary Owen Correct Right so here yes. it is
1: Best of luck to the UL Bowls Under Fifteen team to today I hope you uh, I hope he get stuck into those Gary Owen fuckers Never liked them Um well, lads, the best. Take care. See you soon. Bye.
3: <laughs> now, if if I was a kid receiving that message, I would absolutely love it. Wait, I would love it. If you were a kid
2: for the for which team? Because I'd actually quite like it on either side of the fence. So, I, yeah,
0: I was going to say, what's the what's the controversy here?
3: Right. So here is a <laughs> letter from the chairperson of underage rugby, at Gary Owen FC.
0: Oh. No, I'm not having
3: this. Dear parents and players, thank you for, your, for all your expressions of concern and upset following the distribution of a video via WhatsApp, which our under-15 are spoken of. spoken of. I understand the frustrations and upset this message has caused. Do you? Do you really? <laughs> OK, OK. The club has actively been working on the... Actively been working on the incident? What is it? A car crash? <laughs> like, what do they have to get? Like, the jaws of life out? What do you mean, actively working on it? Anyway... As as we all know by now, the contents of the video containing views expressed by Peter O'Marney while wishing L-U-U-L um, Bo... Who are they? UL, bo uh, Bohemians. Bohemians, uh, Yeah, uh, U-L-Bows, he said. U-L-Bows, yeah. A fa-
0: famous club. Famous Irish club.
3: Uh, well, in the... Wishing them well in their North Munster Under Fifteens League final against Gary Owen. It also contained inna- inappropriate comments directed towards our Under Fifteens team and the wider club in general. Can I take oh, issue God. with that? I don't think it was about the Under Fifteens team. It was about the wider club in general. Yeah. And reading this, reading this message, I can see why. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there, there is no love here for the apparatchiks at Gary Owen Rugby Club. The incident was reported to the executive committee of Gary Irwin Football Club on Monday morning, and they have been working on this issue ever since. The officers of the club have had several meetings and phone conversations throughout Monday and made their deep concerns known about the inappropriateness of the comments. Late yesterday afternoon, the uh, president of Gary Owen received a phone call from Peter O'Marnie in which he expressed his sincere remorse and apologies for the video. And the effect it had on our under-15s, their coaches, their parents, their wider club. It... He undertook to do part to try and redress that. Peter's made a second video, Jesus Christ, which was received this evening, in which he apologises for the first video. Did, right, I'm not reading it anymore. This. Yes. Shall we just be very clear? He's never liked you. I doubt he likes you any more than he did for first time round now. I mean...
2: I'd, I'd, I'd love that if I was on the Gary Owen sign. What's I'd, wrong I'd, with people? I'd love that. Yeah. it's great motivation for you.
0: Wouldn't it be well, awesome? Well, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll just say that rivalries are part of rugby. <laughs> and The effect it's had on their parents. Well, they, but he was... So firstly, let, let's think about what the intent of the video was. It was to communicate with a load of 15-year-old lads on their level and Peter O'Mani has done that uh, perfectly. I guess he, he's just learning, and this this happens with with uh, as the as the profile of a sport rises. Stuff like this would have been shrugged off, not even thought about, not even known about in years gone by. And now it's a sort of thing with social media as well that goes viral. The 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 adults taking such offence to it, I just think need to grow up a little bit. The, um, take it take it as it was intended. It was never intended to be seen widely. It was aimed at a bunch of lads who probably really appreciated it. I, I don't understand anyone getting their knickers in a twist twi- quite so much. I think Peter Romani, by the sounds of it, has gone, oh, yeah, actually, social media and stuff, probably just need to watch that.
3: The, the, the team talk oh, for the man. other team is done, isn't it? It's done.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I d- Easiest thing in the
3: world. Easiest but now, motivation. they've been painted as a, as a bunch of weak victims, which I think they probably are, actually. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think Peter Romani is absolutely right. No one's ever really like those guy own fuckers anyway. So that'll be it. And I won't be apologising for having to watch it after reading that awful letter. Apologies for the language. Apologies
0: yeah. for the language. What
3: absolute <laughs> sniffling weasels they all are.
2: <laughs> well, back to the game. Yes. Um, it might have fizzled out towards the end, but what a start. The, f- the first half in this game was absolutely bonkers and brilliant. I loved every second of that first half. Um, the. The way way that both teams went about, obviously, both teams missing players right throughout, and both teams, interestingly, missing players in different positions and had strengths and weaknesses, so for example, Wasp's scrum was brilliant, it was totally dominant, (coughs) Wasp's line-out was really struggling, and Munster's line-out was brilliant and totally dominant, but both teams just wanted to play, and they wanted to play from everywhere, and it led to Absolute carnage and chaos.
3: Was it like watching an 18 fixture?
2: Uh, more fun than watching an 18 fixture. Oh, I
3: don't know. Have you ever seen any of the 18 fixtures? I've seen a few. This um, was
2: this was crazy.
3: I went down to watch Sale versus Wasps of all <laughs> teams. Umungu was playing number ten, and Sale had a very large chunk of first team players because Sale were not doing very, very well at the time, and they sent them down to the A League. They got ripped to pieces. Ooh. And they wanted to play structured grinding rugby. WASPs were running them. Throw the ball around. Absolute chaos. And I was like, what happened there? And we just went, Oh, the bunch of nineteen year old heroes wanting to be heroes. Like, okay, well, that'll be out then. Well
1: that, Well, there was
0: a bunch of nineteen year old heroes um who were great for Munster. Like, like Phil said, it was breathless end to end stuff. Absolutely loved it. Shame about the red card as We talked about Yeah. Uh, the result the, the result was understandable in the end. Um, uh, just one observation on the on Wasps. We talked about their poor attendance at recent games, I, I, I do think they've got a problem. Mm. I think they, I think there were more Munster fans <laughs> than Wasps fans. Not not e- not even exaggerating, which oh. is incredible for it's, Munster to have got yeah. that many people for a European game with everything else they had to contend with to be here. They were probably all UK based.
2: Uh, Munster probably yeah. a, probably a proportion of them. Yeah, a good proportion of them. But yeah, Monster always travel well. Uh, it's, it's testament to Munster At how well they do travel
3: Yeah but Tim yeah. said something last week About European weeks Which is The Munster fans Basically make up Well if you've got Munster In your group And they come away It basically makes The European draw Much more worth it
2: Yeah um, On the on the kids you mentioned Before Tim for the, the Munster kids You mentioned a few good ones The um, Okiki The number eight Yeah
0: he's a player isn't he
2: And I can't believe He's only 19 I was was <laughs> He was Awesome, he was absolutely mm. class. Some of his carrying and some of his offloading was brilliant. Um, the, the moments of the first half were probably the Peter O'Mahony covering tackle on oh. Thomas Young. In awesome. uh, that, that was after about two minutes, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was. I genuinely thought Peter O'Mahony had no chance, and just some somehow he kind of finally got up to gear and just managed to to scrag him in the corner and the Barbary try
0: oh my word, that try was outrageous that
2: was, because that was uh, I I don't know, both teams had it felt like both teams had possession about five times in one single passage of play and then eventually with the most broken field you could imagine Wasps um, go through and score that that try the offload from uh, Le Bourgeois to Barbary was class
0: Mm-hmm. But but before that, so the move got started, like you say, it was end to end to end. The move got started by an awesome offload from Barbary in his own twenty two. He then got tackled and he was on the deck. Yeah. To get back to his feet and get eighty meters up the field to then receive the pass from Le Bourgeois to then step and step, go over.
2: Yeah, step the fullback and just
0: awesome that 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 I mean Alfie Barbary is just such a prospect, a big game player. The, the, I don't know whether you clocked the look on his face afterwards. He looked like he was about to puke, and it's for a good reason because he just he just worked so hard. He sort of celebrated, had a bit of a hug, and then as he was walking back, he was retching.
2: I'm not surprised because it was yeah. ridiculous the, the uh, tempo that that game was played in that first half, and then fun. with the with it was almost it was a shame that the start of the second half um, with Frost in the bin. Munster scored two good try, well, a good try, and then it was an intercept, wasn't it? Um, or the loose ball picked up. Conway. Yeah, um, and then yeah. that that kind of finished the game off. Was were never coming back from that point. But yeah. what what a start!
0: It was awesome. It was absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, I, I, Donnachro Callahan was saying today that one of the issues that he remembers that he was from Cork. And basically he was thought of as soft when he was coming through because all of Munster's big players and their uh, and their tough nuggets all came from Limerick. And it was kind of a Limerick team and the other parts of Munster didn't really contribute. But a lot of those young guys and the new breed, they're, they're really reaching out into all of the six counties and... Mm. So I think there's good times ahead for Munster. They've got a lot of good youngsters coming through. I think they're particularly excited about this crop that are just coming in now. So hopefully over the <clears> next few years, Leinster's um, dominance will uh, will be challenged.
2: Well, Ulster beat Leinster um, in yep. Dub- in Dublin only a few weeks ago, Tim. So challenge from yep. two directions. Don't forget.
0: And, and we sh- and I guess we should probably mention it was a clean sweep for the Irish provinces and Connacht. Yeah, absolutely battered. Stad France. Stad France. Yeah.
3: Yes, he did. It was an absolute massacre.
0: Yeah. Jack Carty was awesome. Class player. And, and there's one th- one thing I did notice from Connacht was they had a pair of brothers um, playing at lock. Both came off the bench, pl- both played lock together. It was, what are they, which? I can't remember. The, oh, the uh, Masterson, Owen oh, yeah, nice. and the other one. I, I just There's something I like about when brothers play, have a whole section of a team. So whether it's like the whole... And I was going to put the this gray, up a little, bit of hom- a little bit of homework. Yeah, mm. Richie and Johnny Gray, Matt and um, what, brothers. And, and, well, yeah, yep. but no, but they're brothers in very different positions. No. Well, okay. Matt jo- uh, Josh and Joel.
3: Sensors are they not?
0: Oh, Sam, I was thinking of
3: yeah, because of Sam. Uh, is Sam is Sam the brother? I thought he's a cousin. Don't know. I think Sam's I a cousin. Know. Josh and Joel are the two sensors. Okay, yeah. Come on, boys. Okay, Go, well, I was
0: going to put this out as a bit of homework. Contact eggchasers at gmail dot com at rugby on Twitter. Do you um, know who? Sorry, do you know who doesn't count?
3: Who? Oh, oh. they do actually. I was going to say two Alangis. Well, you can have like, uh, but actually three of them are censors, so they do count. Uh, yeah. Well, so I was going to say here. when
0: you have when you have brothers that take up a whole unit of a team. Yes. So the the Felipe uh, the ones I've got Felipe and. Manuel Contopomi centers must have played centers together. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh Richie and uh, Richie and Rory Arnold. Oh, good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Nice that. Um the... and, and but Rory and Sean Lamont, were they on opposite wings for Scotland?
2: Yeah, but to Rory's if, a to be back, a back,
0: wasn't he? You need to be a back
2: three, so you need three but Oh, yeah, you're positions. right, you need three. Yeah. So to be a front row you need three, to be a back row you need three. Yeah. Uh, to be a back yeah. back three, obviously you need three.
0: The only one, I, the only one I could think of that might might have been a back row together at some point was the Lievre brothers because there was three of them, all back rowers: Thomas, uh, okay,
2: yeah, good knowledge, uh, uh, Matthew
0: and Mark. F- but, and, but here's the other one for the homework: any any complete mismatches <laughs> of brothers where you think maybe the Milkman might have been involved in that family, like the Wallaces in Ireland, now, the Munstermen. The w- Paul Wallace was a prop, David devilishly handsome back row, and Richard was a winger.
3: Uh you uh, see yes. the episode of Father's Head with Pat Mustard. <laughs> yes. Is that
0: what you're referring <laughs> to,
3: Tim? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And uh, maybe um, was a milkman involved in the Van der de family? Because Acker and yes. Duan. Thanks. They are
3: opposite ends of the spectrum. Maybe, I'm not sure if they've ever all played back row. I'm pretty sure that they haven't. They definitely would have done second row, but they could have done back row. The Cornell brothers. Okay. Gavin Scott and the other one. F- the Fernandes.
0: Yeah, Craig, Craig. Oh, Fernandez, Fernandez Lobby. Yeah, but they could... Juan w- Ignacio and Juan Martin Fernandez. They must
2: have played second row together at some point. Yes, I would have thought so. Um, who else? The White Locks, there's four White Locks, isn't there? Is there? Yeah. Yes, oh. you're right, there is. George,
3: Sam, Sam Luke. Uh, I'm sure there's four. Who wins in a gang fight, the White Locks or the Barretts? Uh, probably the White Locks. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'd say the Whitelocks. Probably the White Locks. Lock. Probably, one, the white locks. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and so there's there's a little bit of homework for you. And the other thing from this was Keith Earls became Munster's top try scorer ever. Uh, can you name the top try scorers from the other Irish provinces?
3: Oh no, probably. Um Tommy Bow. Tommy Bow's obviously, isn't it? Yeah. Must be. Is it? Who? Sorry? Tommy Bow.
0: No, Tommy oh, so is not the top try scorer for Ireland. For
2: Ulster, sorry. And is this in the Champions Cup? No,
0: nope, this is just overall.
2: Overall, okay. Uh, Gilroy? Yeah, Gilroy or Trimble
0: then. Trimble's a great, great shout. Andrew Trimble is correct, 76 tries for Ulster. Nice. Uh, a lovely good. man as well, incredibly lovely man.
3: Yeah. Okay. has so,
0: got a lot of time for Andrew
3: moment- Trimble. Shane Horgan. Horgan's a good
2: show.
0: Correct, J.B. Nice. Back of the net. 69 tries for Leinster. Lad, lad, lad. 69 tries, lad.
3: Yeah, lad. <laughs> um,
0: you won't get Connacht. Um, oh, no? Matt.
3: No. It's, it's Matt,
0: he- Matt Healy. Oh, he- uh, okay. feels.
3: It, it, I saw him mouthing Matt Healy to me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would so never have yeah. got Matt Healy. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good... No, I was just going to say on... Um, the, the, to finish the point I was making about the crowd, I, d- I do think Wasps have got a real problem. The, the fact we've had this natural break with the habit of people travelling up, because I think they've still got quite a few fa- Wasps fans travelling up from High Wycombe Way and from London. And I, th- I think the last year and a half or so has, has probably severed that habit. And it, it is a worry, I think, the, the, the small number of Wasps fans that are turning up. Mm. Um, I really like the club. I think the people at the club are great. They so. are, aren't they?
3: Um, so yeah. Well, yeah. let's hope that they, they turn, turn, turn that on. around because they've got all. You know, like you say, Tim, they've got all of the facilities. You know, they've got a good training ground. Now they've got Vincent Cock. You know, what, they, what more do you need? Well, yeah. What more do you need? Well, after, Be uh, Aloe's performance, do they need Vincent Cock? I, oh, uh, oh. Uh, Aloe, famous rapper. It's, but It's decent as well. He's decent. He's genuinely decent. <laughs> In we'll close off the show with a, uh, aloe. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll finish with Bo at B B aloe. Awesome. B- yeah, uh, bad news, boys. Go on. Huddersfield went down this weekend. Oh no. Yeah, and you know what's happening next weekend. Go on. On the eighteenth. What you don't know what's happening there next weekend? Is it Huddersfield v. Sedgley Park? It is Huddersfield versus Sedgley Park. They're going down again next weekend At then. Sedgley Park. Yes. so you might want to go and watch that film. Yeah. Oh no, you can't oh, because you know
0: just what? Sh- Witness against oh, Tock H, the biggest <laughs> game. Not in that- not now, Tim. Uh, <laughs> no, I've just the- I've just got to say while I remember it, the because we're talking low, lower leagues, only going one league below, but the championship, we've talked about it before. Yeah. It needs to be televised somewhere, somehow, some way, because the product is so good. You've got this four-way battle for the, the 14th spot in the Premiership. Richmond, brilliantly coached side. Good, good team coaches right side. the way through. Mm. They, um, they almost pulled off an upset win against Ealing. Mm. They were leading at half-time and just got beaten, just got uh, Ealing snuck through in the end. But with Doncaster, with Cornish Pirates, with... There's one more as well, I'm forgetting. Uh, Jersey Reds. Ealing and Jersey Reds, yeah. You've got such a good competition there. And, uh, yeah, I, if there's anything we can do to try and increase the profile of that and try and uh, enable people to um, to see it, we will be doing what we can. Watch this space. Yeah, well,
3: whilst we're promoting lo- Low League Rugby, I can tell you right now, if you're at a loose end next week and you want to watch... The best lower league rugby you will see, legitimately. Widness versus Talk H. At Widness, I would go down and watch it. It is going to be absolutely awesome. Who's going to win? <sighs> Tock H will win. Yeah. Tock H will Come win. Come on, i I'm telling you now, it's going it's to be a tough, it's, a tough it's a tough one for
0: people. It's a tough one for someone listening in, I don't know, fucking them sheer, let's say. Do, do I sit at home on my sofa the week before Christmas and watch Champions Cup rugby, or do I drive three hours to... I don't think it's that uh, tough. Uh, Ex ex-industri- industrial, um, heartland town, wi- heartland witness.
3: Yeah, to watch fifteen blokes because I I'll t- I'll you something about witness. I read their team sheet pretty much every week. Phenomenally consistent team, phenomenally consistent, and they play like that too. So it's going to be a bit of a uh, bit of a clash of cultures because we change our team around on a regular basis. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome, and the standard will be very high. Mm.
0: A um, so. One, a couple of things we touched on. Leicester winning away in Bordeaux. Did you see Harry Potter leaping over the advertising hoardings? God, he was lucky, you know, like <laughs> not really realizing that it <laughs> that it wasn't level with the ground. He was on the other side. Is that because it's a football stadium?
2: Good question.
0: So what I mean by it's that
2: crowded. is it's
3: like an internal moat, isn't it? So you can't storm the pitch and I don't know throw yeah, flares uh, at
0: people. Or potentially it's a little trench so that photographers can can go in there and not. No, maybe. No, be because the it's so deep. It, like, Harry Potter disappeared.
2: Yeah, so you need a ladder. So you, you, yeah. <laughs> if you're a f- photographer, you would need to go in the trench and then get a ladder.
3: And it's also referred to by comms as an internal moat, which very much does not sound like a cosy place to take pictures. Hmm. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not
2: sure. It, it probably was a football ground, then. Do
3: you know what I thought it was when I first saw it? Do you know when you see, like, 70s football matches and the team's Enter the stadium, and they come up the stairs either side from underground. Okay. Oh,
0: Italy! They do that in Italy. A yeah,
3: lot. I thought it might be that. Yeah, it might be. Anyway, Maybe. he was lucky. Th-
0: I mean, really it lucky. Was. It was. It was. It was funny. It was funny when you realised he was all right. Yeah. Um, then you can laugh. Um, another bit of magic. Um, Stuart Hogg's step for his try oh. against Montpellier for Exeter. That mm. I mean, just filth. If you, if you want to look at that, it's on. Um, <laughs> So you can look at Beatty's Sport uh, highlights, right. or oh, my phone is looking up Hub right now. Under <laughs> yeah, Pornhub under Hog does four men at the same time.
2: <laughs> that was class. That was awesome, and it was important as well because that really set uh, Exeter off. Yeah, because they struggled to get into the game a little bit, but when they got into it, my word, yeah, and they got that that <laughs> drive going. And Richie Gray scoring, hat-trick? Richie Gray, Funny. Johnny Gray, you got me confused with the brothers. Sim Johnny Gray scoring a hat trick. Total um, combined distance was about uh it's about Jamie Roberts' average carry
3: The <laughs> total combined distance yeah. it, it was bloody good It was bloody good Because uh, Extra have been struggling Then they beat Saracens Then they beat Montpellier And they're not just beating them They prevented them from scoring a try They only got six points Yeah So maybe Just maybe Extra aren't dead and buried just yet Yeah They might have a few more cards to play this season yeah, I think I think they'll have an interesting
2: season When you get to the business end of things They'll be there Now they are having a little bit
3: of internal trauma At the moment, it would seem So salary cap issues, of course, are going to be a thing um, I am led to believe, via the papers That Johnny Hill is on his way and Closely linked with sales sharks Which mm-hmm. would be interesting Be a good sign-in mm, is- I don't know, it depends on the money, doesn't it? I mean, well, ev- everything, but he's a
2: good player. Yeah, he's like, a very
3: handy. Player. In the same way that Vincent Cox is a good signing. If you're going to spend big money, spend it on big men. Yep, and he certainly is that. He's certainly that. So okay, it,
0: well, it a- gives Sale a, a left-foot kicking option as well. Exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, Sam Skinner off to Edinburgh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and here's one for you. I am pretty certain at this point Stuart Hogg is leaving Sandy Park. I think. I think it's been spoken about quite widely before like you know, when he was on the bench for the the last two games yeah Yeah. and the final that's a lot of money to keep on your bench and I think the time has come now where we'll be hearing sooner rather than later that Stuart Hogg will be probably moving back back up to Scotland Mm. so we'll wait wait really
0: back to Scotland I mean if I was Stuart Hogg I'd just go I mean, he could get massive money in France.
3: He could get lots of money, lots and lots of places. But, you know, that's what I understand, at least. Uh, Where where he ultimately goes, I have no idea. I don't think he'll be at Exeter next season. Okay. The interesting thing for Hogg will be because he's national captain as well. Mm. But
2: if he's in, well, when he's in Exeter, he ends up playing the week before. So he gets put through the meat grind Of the Premiership or European Cup Um, The week before He's playing international So he gets a shorter time with his his team Which probably will come into his thinking Because he's such a passionate um, Captain and leader of that team
3: Yeah, and he really does love Captain in Scotland I mean I was kind of A little bit Not with his captaincy At the start Particularly when he oh. said oh, yeah, We're still learning And yeah whatever um, <laughs> you, you hate people who learn Goodness me Goodness me If you don't know All <laughs> already What's the point um, yeah. So I'm not a, Not really into that But imagine that you do Play for a premiership team And you see the mm. way That the England lads Are lauded and treated And have extra weeks off And they can, comp- mm. you know, they can Prepare for their International competition And then you look at, at How you're being treated By the same club and the dif- difference between how their nation and the club interact, you probably would want to go home, particularly in Stuart Hogg's situation. Now, whether the SLU can give him an equivalent deal, I don't know. But I don't think it's has to have to be equivalent. It'll have to be broadly in the right ballpark, I think.
2: Yeah. I, think, I would assume the biggest deal that would be on the table would be from France. You yes. Could go, you could go and play... In France, for pretty much any team he wanted, well, really.
0: Yeah, and, and he still would get the money because I think there is definitely an issue with um, well, the salary cap in in <coughs> England, the one fewer <coughs> marquee spot, and the reduction from six to five million or, or roughly there or thereabouts mm. is definitely having a pinch, yeah. and w- w- we can see that starting to come through. Equally, there aren't as many big deals in France for foreign-based players because of the. French quota system, and you know, uh, yep. of incredibly rassing have gone from being this all nation side in a few years ago to they are the they have the most French players in their matchday squad out of any French club in the top fourteen.
3: That Tim Cocker is a phenomenal fact. Phenomenal fact
0: is that is that actually right? They they average in the top fourteen this season. They average nineteen point eight players from France in their matchday squad. So, wow.
3: I don't know where Ali Oz is from. Luke Jones, Anton Brazler. Uh, Wenceslas Lore, yes. Yohan Tanga? Yes. French. Ibrahim Diallo. Diallo. Diallo is a proper player. Yes, he is, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, not Finn Russell. No. Fiku, Vakatawa. Okay, so there are quite a oh, t- few. Teddy Thomas. Teddy Thomas. Teddy Thomas. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the front row. What oh, the front row oh, Are they French?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah pretty well, much.
0: they've got they've got one Georgian, I think. Yeah, Gogi,
3: Gogi
2: Kashvili. Gogi
0: Ashvili, yeah. Yes, mm. that is a
3: very very good. good but good
0: that's going to have an impact on. Well, I don't think it will have an impact on Stuart Hogg, actually, because I think
3: he's one
2: of the a player players, of, a
0: player of that caliber. He there will be a big deal for him, but yes. for for more of the sort of jobbing middling players, that, that it is, it will have a big impact.
3: Yes. Yeah, so I, I think that the difference will be Primarily it's In France, you, you've just got to accept That you're going to have a higher average A higher av- average paid player if, if, if that makes sense So the, the the body of the squad will be um, Better paid And therefore I think that they will attract A lot of good um, Foreign nationals Now, how many they, they can get mm. in their squad Because of the quota the GIF, GIF rule yeah. Uh, uh, remains to be seen, but that will be I think that will be the difference between now and every other European competition going forward, as I think this really will start to bite, because the Premiership has still got a lot of class in it, but I think it's going to Well, it's going to have to hollow out at some point
2: Yeah, a little bit, but then France also, so they, they have got the two pressures, one being the GIF, they also reduced their salary cap um, during the pandemic, so there's, it's still significantly bigger than the English one, Um the other side of it is, in a team that we've not mentioned so far, Leinster will always be in the mix because yeah. no salary cap applies. They have the IRFU. Basically, if you want to play for Ireland, you uh, will, are playing in Ireland pretty much, and they've got one of the best academy systems in the world coming through yes. through Leinster. So they will always be in the mix.
3: But I do think that serious rugby makes a big difference, and people get upset about uh, with me when I say this, they'll say, "Well, look at the results uh, th- uh, this week. The Irish provinces have won, you know, for the European Games, and so, so forth." Serious rugby does matter, and if you don't take your league seriously, you're not playing week in, week out. You can win. You can sometimes win Europe. You can sometimes get get uh, get smashed in Europe. Similarly, in international, how inconsistent are Ireland? Sometimes they are. Literally, the best two teams, one of the best two teams in the world, and then other times they get abs- absolutely panned, and it's because I think it's because they don't have serious club rugby, because the Pro 14 is not serious, or should well, I say, they don't take it seriously.
0: I agree with you that this is just a snapshot this weekend, but I was not expecting out of the four English v French matchups, I was not expecting the Premiership to get three wins, two yeah. of them away.
2: Yes, that's a good point.
3: Yeah, and I wonder if that balance will be redressed <clears> when they play again. I suspect it probably will
0: be. Potentially. I was surprised about that, I have to say. Um, but but then again, you've got, you know, Toulouse, Racing, La Rochelle look really good. Stade Francais looked just like they didn't want to be there. Yeah. Cast, Clermont, Bordeaux, Montpellier, that real mixed bag. But the Irish provinces won four out of four. But I think to, to your point, JB, serious rugby, I think the, the ultimate fighting rugby championship uh, just goes to show Ireland, the four provinces all won. Wales and Scotland didn't muster a win between them. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, Edinburgh beat Saracens didn't they? I know in the other. Oh, in the Challenge f- Cup. In the Challenge yeah. Cup. In the, in the, yes. Yeah.
0: In the, I mean, and I, it, was know, strong, I, it was a
2: strong. Fo- it was a strong Sarisons team as well.
0: Yeah. No, I was focusing on the. Yeah, yes. you, you are right. But on, on in the Champions Cup. So, yeah. I, I get. Well, although Glasgow, pushed
2: La Rochelle pretty close. They did
0: push it, They did push them close. But if what well, my point being, if you have sort of feast and famine, really good teams and. Really poor teams Albeit there is the caveat there On the Welsh teams yeah. and Had issues And the the other
2: side of the coin Would be that um, Guys like Johnny Sexton And um, Alan Wynne Jones At the moment Playing into their well, Mid to late 30s They wouldn't have been able to do that Had they not been managed by their clubs You're so absolutely that, right that there are, It's not It's not that one system is The best all the time There are positives from From all the different systems
3: uh, which is the joy? Th- which, of course, is the
2: joy
0: of the Hanukkah Cup. Absolutely. it really is the, the, the clash of stars. Uh, just before we leave the Wasps thing, the one one thing I want uh, Wasp monster and all that is one thing I forgot to mention earlier. Um, Wasps had all their players pull out. Um, Lee Blackett made a point of saying this on the telly in the interview. Not a single symptom among any let's not get into cases. it don't get into it no 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 i just, just, just going to put it out there that okay, if, if, if you weren't if you didn't test these young um, super athletes rugby players would you even know no, there was any issue no you wouldn't probably not but, yeah but anyway right just put just put everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too
3: Out there Friday night's game Northampton Racing. Let's get into this one Northampton need to buck up Simple as that There
2: was some soft tries
3: scored The uh, yeah. Imhoff
2: try Was incredibly soft The Laurie once I lost Laurie's second try I want yep. to say where Finn Russell makes the break down the right wing
3: Finn Russell is not a fast man He's not a good runner He's an okay runner He's not a great runner He's, he's a, a deceptive,
2: deceptive runner actually he, He's not Jonathan
3: Joseph He's not Teddy Thomas. No, no. <laughs> and he was made to look. He's he went round bloody George Fur- Fur- Furbank like he was a mixture of both Teddy Thomas and Jonathan Joseph. And, and he went round and him Vaca-Tower. and handed him off. Yeah, yeah,
0: Vaca- yeah, and handed him off. Yeah, George Furbank. That was uh, yeah. That, that, I mean, Eddie Jones, Eddie Jones, and Richard Cockrell were there in the crowd. Jesus, for
3: that one. Uh, like I'm looking at this Northampton team, and they're not small men.
0: Yeah, things do not go their way. So.
3: They're binding up for the scrum. It's the first game of the European new European Cup season, and I am thinking they're going to get hammered here. I don't know why i got a sense they're going to hammered. and they did get absolutely hammered first scrum, and didn't get any better after that. Uh, David Ribbon, uh, Ribbons is a guy who I really like. I really like Lewis Ludlam.
2: Yeah, and Lud- Ludlam did well in <sighs> in the open later on.
3: And then after that, I can't really. There is no one in there. I've... I think yeah, they're great.
2: So obviously they're missing their, their captain, England's captain. Yeah, big call. Not their
0: captain anymore. It's uh, Lewis Luddham is, 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 oh, okay. is the team's captain. But okay,
3: yeah. yeah. Um,
0: England's captain.
3: England's captain. I don't. Th- Do you know? I don't think it's necessarily an, an individual thing. I don't think it, I, I don't think it's that this pack is not good enough. I think they probably are. I mean, they could be a little bit better. Of course, Courtney can come back tomorrow. Harrison can come back. There is a few mm-hmm. bits and pieces that they can add to it. They just don't play hard. That's what it seems to be to me.
2: Those two tries, the first dim off one and the, the lorry second but from the Finn Russell break were great examples of just just being too soft.
3: Yeah. Just just not reading, the, not reading the position and then just falling off tackles. Northampton are a team that if you go to the gardens or if you play them anywhere and you decide to play Northampton in a style that Northampton wants you to play they'll beat you by 40 points. If you play in a style that they don't want to play or if they can't impose their style on you, you will beat them by forty points, and I don't think there's much in between.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. They were a Awful. Li- the attitude didn't seem like it was there. They were 23 <sighs> nil down after 23 minutes. The, the start just ended any chance. But uh, let's let's put the context in in place here. They're playing against one of the biggest wage, but one of the most expensively assembled sides. In the world, yep. who who, in Finn Russell's own words, played the best that they've played since he's been at the club. That mm. was Finn Russell's assessment. So sometimes you get you, you play a better team who play particularly well on a given night. That said, Northampton did definitely not help themselves. Yes, yeah,
2: I, I think that is fair because Rassing were magnificent at times.
3: The, the, the back division of Rassing is well superstars, right? No, yeah. no one's going to disagree with that Yeah The commentary team Kept on saying The power of wrestling, The power of wrestling. I'm looking at the power of wrestling. I'm like Hmm You've got like A lock who's just over a hon- um, 100 kilograms in, in, in Luke Jones Not a big guy Anton Bresler Was playing for Worcester, Worcester. Last year. I mean I've seen enough of him To know He's not really Exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for um, And then The back row Are really handy The back row Are brilliant But the uniformly Like six foot, uh, 6 foot 100 kilograms They'd be big for I don't know Oddly, um, but they're not very big for top fourteen. Not at all big for top fourteen. So you know, size-wise, probably Northampton had the slight upper hand on wrestling but they didn't play like it. And I think that's the problem. That's why I think it's more of a mentality and a systems thing, which is they just don't take the physical game, the physical side of the game, that seriously at the moment.
2: Mm, they are. They do struggle when they get into that arm wrestle. Yeah. Um, can we touch on... We, we did talk about Leicester before. Can we touch about touch on their pack for a second? Because
3: uh, they're, they're, they're all 12 years old?
2: Yeah. Five of their starting pack were under 23. It's amazing, isn't it? T- and to take that pack to what is an incredibly, well, massive and experienced um, Bordeaux pack away in bad conditions and do what they did was absolutely remarkable.
3: Yeah. I mean, the biggest question for me is, do you think Leicester will ever lose another rugby game again? <laughs> Eventually. I, I don't, one day. When?
2: When George Ford leaves. Oh, God. When well, you, know, there'll be a bit of a bedding-in period, but once Andre Pollard's up and running, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. I, uh, it, that 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 pack was rem, rem, genuinely remarkable. It was an amazing performance, considering... It was an amazing performance, anyway. It was an even more amazing performance, considering just how young... I think enjoy the yeah, them all.
3: I think they kick the ball like fifty something times, fifty-two times, something like that. And you know, the, youth is one thing, but it, I think it is the tactical mouse and the patience, the way they stuck with their system. So, what that tells me is Borthwick has got the buy into those boys. They must trust him so much to come up with his game plan and then actually execute it. Because that, you know, when, people, when players don't trust their coaches They tend to do all sorts of strange things like, Look at London Irish They do all sorts of strange, strange things Sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're awful They'll be awful for most of a match And they'll score like ten, like 10 tries This was a consistent performance From start to finish And I think that's why it's so impressive
2: It was incredibly impressive Albeit credit to Bordeaux They could have stolen this at the end if it's not for that sealing off penalty Because they they've got three penalties in the row The Clock goes red but they get three penalties in a row They march Leicester All the way back up Line out in, um, in Leicester's 22 And it was a sealing off penalty Right at the end that won it for Leicester Tigers
3: Tell you what would be weird for Leicester Tigers What if Alex Genge Walks at the end of the year hmm. He's not signed his contract, he's the captain He'll- Imagine Leicester Tigers, not George Ford and.
2: And Ellis Gunn. I mean,
3: they've, they've lost players before, and it seems to have made them better, so I assume they'll be even better after Ford <laughs> and Gunn
2: go. Just keep jettisoning
3: more talent, more and more talent out the door. Well, isn't it the Alex Ferguson theory? Get on the microphone, Jay! Isn't it the Alex Ferguson theory that if you get rid of your best players, everyone else plays 5% better? Mm, so well, you just carry on getting rid of them? Just keep. <laughs>
2: George Ford, even with Andre Pollard coming in, based on his performance yesterday, that is a big gap
3: to fill. Isn't it? Isn't it? thought Matt Scott did well too. thought Matt Scott played very well. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, just it, it's just good to see Leicester back. It really is nice and comforting. In, in uncertain times, it gives me comfort that Leicester Tigers are playing so well.
2: Absolutely. And as an Englishman, uh, to see those young English players in that pack gives me some comfort as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it, yeah. Now, what, what was the... What, I'm just going to... Um, f- just shift the topic slightly. What was the worst kit on show? I know oh. what the best
3: kit was best away kit on show. Go on, Harlequins
0: best away kit. Loved it. Best, I'd say that's got to be up there for the worst. Oh, Hol- Harlequins kit.
2: and Ospreys as a as a tie for the worst kit
0: in khaki green. Because there's I a love point. That.
2: There's a point that you yeah the point that you make, Jimmy, with kits like that with that like that, that Quins kit or that Ospreys kit. If you look back at that video in ten years' time. You'd have no idea. Oh, I'm
3: well aware that I'm a, that I'm a hypocrite. Um, well aware, but I love the um, I love the colour orange. First of all. <laughs> And I love the contrast. Get on the clock. microphone, JB. Phil,
0: fill <laughs> me up here. How close am I? Mate, mate, You're, mate. I'm down the line. I can hear you both. I can hear Phil crystal clear in your like sound like Phil your, like, is miles
3: away. Me, right,
0: uh, uh, should we get a ruler out and see how far, <laughs> how far
2: away we? Are? I am. I am a nice consistent distance though. You, yeah, I'm playing well. You do move You're around a lot.
0: You're in and out, moving it forward back. That's what she's saying. Hey, hey. I, lo, I love this. I love this when we've got like if I. If we were talking about financial advice, I go JB. You tell me what's you tell me what's what, mate. This is what I do.
3: Okay, I, I, I'm consistent. I, I'm not going to move from, from this. There you go. Later. Perfect. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> the kit. Yeah, I love the drab olive and the orange. I think it's a great combo.
2: It's, I, I quite like it. It just doesn't feel. I quite like the combo. It just doesn't feel Quincy.
3: It doesn't, does it? And, and
2: it, the, for, for whatever reason, the, the picture quality, the conditions were bad. The picture quality wasn't as great from the French footage. It just, certainly from the, the far away, the wide shots, the picture quality wasn't, didn't seem great to me.
3: And there's also absolutely no reason at all they couldn't have worn their quarters. Yeah, 100%. Zero reason. The other team were 100% in powder blue. So <laughs> you tell me what's wrong. <laughs>
1: Yes. if
0: I was administering rugby I would outlaw these novelty kits I'm not I'm not having it I'm with it, you I would as well <clears throat> and I might go because I understand some teams have um, a white kit as their home kit England notably yep. on the international level but I might just keep it as simple as that every team has to have a white kit and that's, another kit like that, America, like in American sport exactly
3: the law that, I, that I, I bring in exactly the same one and also
2: uh, so Brentford football team uh Announced that they're going to have a two-year kit cycle going forward. So that, I think that's a, I think I think we've all mentioned that in the past. I quite like that having a two or three-year kit cycle. 100% agree with you. Um,
3: is my kit story too boring for the podcast?
2: Uh, which one? About Wolves. Uh, I don't think so. It's quite interesting. It's related. They only take a, a few
3: few seconds. Well, it depends how long I, I talk about it. So, listen to this sentence. Um, wolves, believe it or not, manufacture their own kits, and this came about because they've got a a, a commercial director who basically walked through the door, <coughs> looked at the kit deal that they had with Adidas, and it turned out it made him something like six hundred k or something, something you know, a, a pittance for a football club. So he decided that he's going to get out of that deal because there's a break clause, and Wolves are going to manufacture their own kits, and this is based on the fact that where the kit manufacturer's badge is on the, is it left-hand side? Left,
2: yeah, uh, no.
3: Right, the right-hand side side, chest, right? Where that was, was worth about seven million quid. So, he then went over to Castor, who were trying to get into football, and said, look, we've made the kit, and we want you to put your badge on there, but it's going to cost you seven million quid. Are you interested? And he went, yeah, okay, we'll do that, because we want to get into football. So they've gone from 300,000 to seven million quid. And because they could make their own kit, this is truly unbelievable. Apparently, Adidas could not get the right kind of gold for the Wolves fans, so they didn't buy it. Now Wolves make their own kit, they've got exactly the right type of gold, and they've sold a a further 7 million quid's worth of kit. And because they've got no middleman, they can do like two-for-ones, they've got the cheapest kit in the the Premier League, yet the most profitable kit in Mm. the Premier League. And they can do weird things as well, because they control their distribution. They're worried that, well... Being wolves They don't get into the Adidas shops Maybe Man City do Or someone like that So they send their kit over To which other country? Uh,
2: good question Portugal? Me- Mexico Mexico of okay. course they've
3: got A massive Mexican store there uh, So it's a, it's a fairly interesting tell Of what Or how rugby um, clubs Should be thinking about the commercial deals on their uh, the shirt, shirt sponsorships.
2: So I, I think there's a far more interesting tangent than uh, about 20 minutes ago when you converted the Wasps monster game to talking about a sale A-team game. Sorry. So well done. Yeah.
0: I, I will just do a tangent on the kit. It's the, the sale European kit with the AO as the sponsor, is it? That makes it look like a smiley face on their chest. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. They they had the a decent win against Ospreys but you can't mm. look that menacing when you've got like a, a smiley logo on your chest.
3: I don't know. If it's a menacing smile. <laughs>
2: it's AOD like a uh, white goods seller, isn't it? Is it? I think.
3: No I yeah. know what they do. Um it, do you know, Sale had one of the greatest European kits of all time a few years ago. Remember the very clean white kit but with a bit of red and a bit of blue? It was awesome. Mm. All, Awesome. Yeah, the uh, Sale Ospreys win I wasn't impressed, to be honest They started well, and then they, yeah. made, and they faded
2: They took the tries well early on But that's about all you can say, really Game, was,
0: game was won in the first half, really Do
3: you yeah. know who they reminded me of? Um, England and Eddie Jones pre-World Cup When England would come out of the traps Firing, show all this physicality And then fade <coughs> it, it, just The parallels were unnerving like, So, you remember when England went three tries up in South Africa And then lost, or yeah, you know, they do it all all the time. They fly out the traps, but then they slowly get clawed back. I have a certain. So, so, there so there.
0: sailor get into a World Cup final then? Uh, sorry, not World Cup final. <laughs> sailor get into the
3: final then? I think they've got more of a chance to get to the European Cup final than they have the Premiership final as, as things stand. Hmm. So maybe, maybe, but it wasn't an impressive win. Um, they need they they need to find some form from somewhere.
2: Yeah, they're not playing their best. And did um, is it Robert Dupree lining up at thirteen? He was. Hmm Interesting move
3: Yeah I guess as long as you've got A second playmaker Somewhere
2: Hmm
3: Yeah Playmaker <coughs> Yeah Officially a playmaker
2: Yeah he's more of a playmaker Than uh, Rowan or Manu I guess I don't
3: know I think I'd if Someone <laughs> gave me the choice look, look Your life's on the line And you've got Rowan Or Rob Dupree To play Fly half Who do you want I, I'm not going to give you an answer now I'm going to really think about that I'm, I, I'm not I'm not prepared to say <laughs>
0: I uh, was just, just looking at some of the emails. Nigel Heaton, uh, contactherchases at gmail.com. He just said you need to discuss the Harlequins kit. Just done it. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, well, I've got the email from Joe Riley. Sc- scathing my footwear today, fair fair point. Rightly so. Um, I, I have
3: one, actually. And I, from Dr... No, I can't remember his name now because I don't have the email in front of me, but it is an important one. And it's for literally jail... Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Can you play it? No, and I'll tell you why. Because we might be sending ourselves literally to jail. Uh oh! Yeah, for false accusations. Um, what? So literally, widely derided as being used in the wrong context, according to um our listener. Oh
0: actually- yeah, I know. I read this email. We ha- just, and this this was another one that goes yeah. to show we are our listeners. If we could get them all in a room at the same time, well, firstly, have to be a bloody big room. Secondly, <laughs> we would win. If if you just got like um uh, no, I'll tell you what. If you just took a random 10 of our listeners, just randomly picked 10 and put them around a who wants to be a millionaire pub machine, they would win the million pounds every time. Every time. Incredibly knowledgeable well read, intelligent, thoughtful just, uh, th- the emails never fail to impress me and this was one of them, because it was basically a, a linguist
3: well, he's actually a um, he's actually a doctor of game theory
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> even <laughs> so, better yeah. and not, you know prof- pr- uh, professor game theory uh, or, or, or whatnot um, which ba- he's basically saying that literally has been used as an exaggerator for about 300 years, <clears> including <throat> Shakespeare
2: Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, so I understood it. I've just looked back. I understood it. I found a, an article that it was the formal dictionary definition was um, to mean uh, basically to separate things from uh, metaphorically. Yeah. Um, and in about 2012 or 2013, that got changed to extend to the current usage, which means, well, not literally, which is... which. I take this guy's word for it that it's been used both ways for a very long period of time. But
3: well, I guarantee he's read more Shakespeare than me.
2: And me. Yes. And he's read a lot more Does about Doesn't it mean
0: it's right. Doesn't it mean yeah. it's right.
2: Well, if, if the dictionary uh, definition of the word... Well, I, I'm kind of torn because language is fluid... Language does change over time. Usage and meaning of words changes over time, but this feels like a, an unsatisfactory change because it is it, well, it's almost being used in the opposite to the way it's intended to, to be used.
3: That, yeah, yes, yes, that is uh, exactly right. Well, look, uh, the emails are the emails. Uh, yeah.
2: who might I to argue? I will. I'll find that email because I'm, I'm sure I'll find it very interesting. And I'm sure uh, the doctor the professor is right, and I am undoubtedly wrong.
0: So, I, do, I do just want to mention this email from Martin Lewis And Sorry, is there anything else you want to say on that, Dave? Yeah,
3: well, more oh word-based scandals um, yeah. David Flatman today My, my favourite, uh, my, my favourite broad, One of my favourite broadcasters With the widest vocab- uh, uh, vocabulary going Unfortunately said George Ford on numerous occasions Was a Genial fly-half
2: Instead of genius fly Genius fly-half because genius and genial are, are different well, things. Well, he
3: might be a genial fly half. I mean, he, he might, might be. be. He might be a, a great
2: host. Could yeah? Could you tell from his kicking that he was like warm and receptive?
3: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, allegedly, he is a genial fly half. I have lots of sim- sympathy here because I believe if you use the wrong word, but people know what your intended use of the word was meant to do, it was the right word. Um, <laughs> I will back this up by saying, I for God knows how long was using efficacy okay uh, as an ethical term so what's the efficacy of this um, thing action that I'm, that I'm doing is it ethical uh, or not
2: as okay you know, yes. so when they
3: say well, what's the efficacy of a trial I'm like well as long as you're not slaughtering babies I think you know the <laughs> e- efficacy is fine right <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we've all been there we've all been there
2: yeah I'm I'm sure certain all of us many times have done that as well yeah
0: yeah well there's one which is <coughs> there's some as well which I don't know actually know what the right way is JB you say it one way that makes me think I might say it the wrong way but undoubtedly, undoubtedly. and undoubtedly oh because undoubtedly. you because you you I think say undoubtedly I do say undoubtedly now you've said it and I, I say undoubtedly but I don't I w- know what's yeah, right
2: I would say undoubtedly
0: undoubtedly undoubtedly oh I'll take it then 2-1 we win that's fine
2: yeah Oh, there there is actually a question under, uh, on Google: how to use "undoubtedly" versus "undoubtedly" correctly? G- grammarist. Both, uh, well, firm's word with clear, dis- clear, distinct meanings. Yet the former, undoubtedly, is often used in place of the latter, giving rise to mistaken belief that "undoubtedly" is always wrong. It's not. The distinction between them can be subtle. Something is something that is undoubted is not doubted, while something that is undoubtable is not capable of being doubted.
0: Ah. The
2: two meanings often overlap, which is why mixing up of the two words is not a serious error, yet the difference is occasionally important.
0: Ah, For that is a, very interesting. <clears throat> that is interesting. I was just going to say, the one word we all agree on and all overuse far too much, interesting. Interesting. Definitely.
2: <laughs> and it, it gives an example, which is... For example, one might claim that, in his or her opinion, the Beatles are undoubtedly the most influ- influential rock band in history. Yet we pro- probably couldn't say they are undoubtedly so. It is, it is, it is capable. capable of doubt uh, being doubted.
3: I like that. I
0: like mm. that by the way, by the way, if you—I uh, oh, I don't suppose you're particularly interested—but I'm looking at uh, JB more so when I say that. But that Get Back documentary is brilliant. Get Back the Beatles documentary the, the old footage from uh, them not, making their Let It Be albums. brilliant I've not seen it yet it was really good yeah. uh, uh, I've got to mention this email from Martin Lewis um, please do it. thanks for getting in touch contact edchasers at gmail.com um, he mentions Ifan Phillips a player who suffered life changing injuries mm. in a road traffic accident he was a young player at Ospreys uh, who in Martin's opinion would have been a Wales stalwart in time uh, so uh, th- in three days he just said this is one of the reasons I love rugby because in three days over £50,000 has been raised by fans and players from multiple countries around the world and the word has spread um, including from yourself JB and yeah it just just goes to show what a great what a great community rugby is and uh, so yeah I think it's only fair to give a mention for Ifan Phillips and uh, JustGiving.com and if you (laughs) search for his name you'll find that there great work
2: Mm.
3: Um, have we done all the games
2: I think we've done everything that Pretty I've, much. S- I've seen any significant proportion of let's say that yeah I'll,
0: um, just, double, I'll, I'll just double check um, Peter th- Shaw uh, emailed as well to say are you going to change the mantra or when are you going to change the <clears throat> mantra to let the big strong boys play
2: <laughs> Never. No. Ah, ah, ah. it's got to be LTB,
0: every- LTBSBP Eddie does say isn't quite as catchy. Yeah, it's not quite... Uh, sorry, yeah. Peter says isn't quite as catchy. And without the
2: uh, DuPonts or the uh, Rateses and the Danny Cares of the world, the game, or the Marcus Smiths of the world, the game would be different. So you need everyone, but it is always nice to see a big, strong boy. Exactly. Oh, strong by the way, which
3: we've not spoken about Harlequins.
2: Yeah, we touched on it briefly with the Rory Cockett thing and their kit. But yes. We didn't really t- touch brilliant on the game. the game,
3: and they were brilliant. Fair play to them.
2: To go in those conditions, in those circumstances, as well, being away at Cast and Cast are no mugs at all. Cast but, consistently overperform in the top fourteen, uh, and to win in such an arm wrestle, such a tight margin game, was they
3: awesome. Comfortably on top when it came to, came to scrimmaging.
2: Mm.
3: It's just weird. It you know, was went through a purple patch a few years ago, didn't they? When they went to the uh, premiership final, and they were doing things like beating teams up up front. They were scrummaging well. They were doing everything well. It just seems that everything that Harlequins do, do at the moment, it just goes well. And you know, this is one hell of a win. Do not underestimate this. Cast's first loss at home for twelve months, and mm. uh, I think for what they say on comm's first European loss since twenty fifteen. Seen
2: it at home, uh-huh. at home, yeah.
0: So JB, mate, just talk into the actual microphone bit you, you're, 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 I can see you're halfway down the microphone you're not talking into the mic your, your head is often facing oh, uh, this is outrageous
2: this is <laughs> no, you're, you're,
0: like I can, yeah, I can see like, move the microphone over a little <laughs> you, you're bit so that be, the actual you, silver
3: bits in front of your mouth you, you're going to be receiving a letter soon from my people <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, normally I'm in the room But I'm, I'm listening in a headphone now So I'm hearing this How people are going to hear it On a podcast But
3: anyway uh, Hugh Jones Phil, sa-
0: Phil sounds lovely and dulcet I don't know I'm how just... this is happening
3: uh, <laughs> uh, Hugh Jones was excellent Yeah, Looks like he's worth the money Seems to be playing with a Great abandon Just doesn't seem to Doesn't seem to Stop running He always seems to be Wiggling out the stuff
2: Yeah He beat a lot of defenders That he had no right to beat
3: Well uh, do you know what Between Because he is a A big strong boy himself He's very, very muscular And he's very powerful So Andre Esterhazen being there Is obviously the big target man Giving him a little bit more space Makes him so much more dangerous Mm. If he was the main focus of the opposition team's attention He's not going to be anywhere near as effective as he is now But then good luck doing that Because, well, Andre Esterhazen exists
2: Esterhazen will create some room for everyone around him Yeah, There are certain players who just Draw defenders into them Whether they've got the ball or not And Esther Hazen is one of those
3: players Goodness me, I tell you what With Jones and Esther Hazen together And then you look at the 8-9-10 combination And you, know, you need more than that You need replacements You need people who can fill in But when they are all firing They are hard to stop And they've been doing it without Vilcolo for most of the season as well Well, I mean Vilcolo's just going to be A child's feed for uh, Rowan Jenkins next week
2: <laughs> Absolutely
3: you got absolutely smashed yeah, so, It was a bloody good win Bloody good win
2: Great result The um, Louis Liner try was awesome With the Was it Tizard offload And the Danny Care tap on It was oh, class Superb stuff Absolutely
3: class Did you see uh, The two back rowers Nick Champion de Whatever his name is And His his little mate at six Annihilate Louis Liner Yes. Atomize him.
2: Yes. <laughs> that was quite a handy hit.
3: Oh my word. It's like running into a concrete wall. <laughs> like, seldom do you see hits that, that, that vicious. Yeah. Like, double hit as well. You've got nowhere to go. There's no give.
2: Just, <laughs> there was no, well, no give from their side. <laughs> a little bit of give from Louis linus side. Yeah,
3: plenty of give from uh, Louis Liner. <laughs> thankfully, he got up. Thankfully, he was okay. But wow, that's why I watched the game. And th- and that's everything. That is everything. Now, uh, we- did you boys happen to read my column for Rugby Pass this week? I did. Did you, Tim? I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't.
0: I've not. I've not. Mate, I've not read it yet. <sighs> it's, I've, I've, Unbelievable. I, I'm. Uh, that's not to say I S- won't. I'm, saving yeah. it. He's, so, sa- he's saving it for his coffee. I've got a tomorrow. train journey back. I've got a train journey back to London tomorrow, so I'll, I'll, I'll read it then.
2: Yeah, with nothing better to do, trapped on a train, trapped in a tin box for two hours, and he- then he'll read your article.
0: So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you make it sound like a. Will
3: you, will yeah, you,
2: well, will you nothing it in the, else to do.
3: Will you do it? Do it in the in that period of the train of the train journey where the Wi-Fi drop, drops out. <laughs>
0: I, I I'll tell you what it is you know, I'm know, not that, on because I, I, I don't really use Twitter. I haven't seen the no doubt. The undoubtedly uh,
2: <laughs>
0: amount of correspondence uh, from angry, irate people you've whipped up—only uh, one this time
3: round—I'm a bit, a bit disappointed. Uh, what did you think of the, of the premise,
2: Phil? So I, I like the premise. Big, big, biggest takeaway for me is the the idea that culture—you've got to earn culture; you can't manufacture culture.
3: Yeah. So I wrote about culture, Tim, and uh, the idea was to sort of. ...point out how much nonsense culture it is about rugby. So I read a <coughs> book this week about startups. So I recommend everyone read this book because it, it's very very entertaining. It's probably more entertaining than it is um, factual. But there again, the guy who wrote it worked uh, work for Newsweek. He's a technology editor. He spent a year in HubSpot and then wrote about his experience. And so much of what he was saying shows up in in rugby clubs. It was in, it was just incredible and. Uh, one of the things I didn't write about, uh, because I read the book after I started reading this, because I, sorry, after, I, after I'd written the article, I then started reading the book. And I, I bet you guys have had this uh, as well. But at the start of a season, a coach will sit you down and say, OK, what do we want to get from this season? And, you know, the team look around at each other. No one really puts their hands up. And eventually, you know, the coach will sort of write down the standards. So the standards we're setting this year you know, are... Uh, this, 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 and this, and then when you contravene those standards, you go. Well, we all agreed on the standards. We all said that we were going to buy, buy into it, and that's the other thing. The buying in, like the buying into it bit, which is hang on, we, I didn't actually agree to all these things. You wrote them on a board at the start of the season. What was I meant to? Uh, was I meant to uh, object to it there and then? No, we're not coming to training on um, on time. <laughs> or uh, and there's and there's so many other things. Like um, they change their language, so. Uh, you know, we have substitutes now who are replacements, who went to finishers, who went to game changers. Uh, in the tech world, they were doing things like replacing the word "fired" with "grad" uh, with "graduated."
2: That is ridiculous, isn't it? That is absolutely ridiculous. So,
3: Phil has graduated from Meg Chaser's podcast. We can't wait to see how he gets on in the, in the future.
2: <laughs> you, you try to tell me something? <laughs> you got my P forty five ready?
3: Yeah. So, uh, I wanted to point out the difference between manufactured. Uh, Cultures, which you know, if you look at what Bristol say, <clears throat> for instance, and then all the nonsense that went on in the sequel, it almost reads like you know exactly the same. Even down to we have um, cultural values and um, values documents and all sorts mm. of things.
2: Yeah, very good article. You you will enjoy it, Tim, very much.
0: No, I'm I'm absolutely sure I will. I I, I can see merit in having. Um, a mission statement if you like and values i in fact i would say in a in an organization where you have lots of disparate parts all working together it's it's essential so long as it's part of a framework that makes that a reality when it's when it's platitudes put on a wall and it isn't actually brought to life and you don't live by them then and you're not then i don't think it works but Yeah I'm interested to read it I will give it I guess the difference isn't
3: like the the top down culture like you know you must I'm sure Scotland went through a phase of having to shake everyone's hand in in the morning
2: Mm. That's That's, Yeah Why? That's just enforced yeah, That's not something that's happened organically.
3: It'd be awesome if you came down to breakfast and everyone wants to shake each other's hand first thing, mm-hmm. first thing in the morning. But if you make everyone shake each other's hand first thing in the morning, well, not so much. Mm.
0: I, th- I think that's what Exeter did as well. They made everyone um, do a cock, cock tap, tap to the guy who tried it. That was forced. That was, uh, <laughs> Tony Rowe said that. You, you gotta, <laughs> from the that top. Got to try, you have to tap their cock, otherwise you'll be graduated from this club.
3: <laughs> yeah. wasn't that just like That's actually a really great example, isn't it, of uh, Exeter, a great example of culture, because it's all... It's completely organic. Everyone yeah. wants to be there. Uh, you know, yeah, like you say, no one made anyone touch each other's cocks. <laughs> yeah, they did it. <laughs> Imagine that being like the thing that you bring in. Right, boys, this, this is it.
1: <laughs>
0: well, you know, Stuart Lancaster might do. if When Rob Baxter writes his book, and, you know, in the way that he... Stuart Lancaster read that New Zealand book about sweeping the dressing rooms. Oh, well, let's do that as well. You know, Exeter won the Premiership and the European Cup after cock-tapping. So yeah. there'll be a club somewhere that says, lads, right, I've got an idea. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. It, it also makes the point that now that the salary caps are so much tighter and teams are so much more balanced, or so the league is so much more, more, more balanced, Like, how much time are you going to have for yoga when your line not quite ready? Uh, how much time are you going to be wasting if you're fourth from fourth bottom?
2: Mm. Although yoga... Will have benefits in its own right because yeah, of I mean, because that is true, strength I and flexibility. Like, yeah, team breathing. Team breathing less so. I think.
3: we were doing
0: that. Rassing were doing that, were doing that on Friday night. I know, it's nonsense, isn't it? Team breathing. Yeah, the, the well, things like the things like stro- if enough good teams start. Uh, if enough t- good teams are doing it, maybe there is something in it. Maybe the thing,
2: so, the, the things he- like the things like sh- stroking wolves and London uh, attack. Helicopters. Attack. Helicopters. So, the, yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I, I have got no idea how much of that is like act, was actively designed to like push 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 on the top down culture, like as you say, as, as I think we'd all say is kind of nonsense. And how much of it is just like having fun, doing something a little bit different?
0: Yeah, because like I, I think a, that's part of
2: it. There was a good one. I don't know if either of you saw O2 Inside Line, uh, whatever, whatever it's called. Next episode with. Um, With England over the autumn internationals, Mm -hmm. where they were in Jersey and they had, uh, it was on a beach. It was like a a trial thing with getting getting a Land Rover, or it wasn't even. It was like a big armored jeep thing from point A to B as a team with battle ropes, and they had to get down this dip and up this dip. And that is just, I don't think. I think things like that are a bit of like fun, challenging, fitness, and there. I don't see that as a top down. Uh, enforcement of culture i think it was just as a as a fun thing that to do that will have a related benefits. there was a video as well
0: Phil where they did yeah, uh, like that a that massive one. massive surfboard thing and they yeah, had massive yeah. massive paddleboard in teams of eight there to take it like yeah. half a mile out into the sea and come back no, yeah.
3: i, I don't think I, I, I agree with you i think that's a well worth in, in, endeavor like really testing yourself and doing mm. physically hard and thinking things through yeah, you know, I, I can really relate to that and rugby. I mean, not every day. I think where, <laughs> yeah, wh- <laughs> where I depart is when you, know, you come to work every day and you've got bloody love on the wall or you know everyone's talking about bloody emotion or vulnerability. Or- well,
0: no, but this is what I mean. If you actually live by that, like if you say love on the wall, but then you feel like you're going to get bollocked or... <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, love, but here's a three-year contract and then we'll forget your name. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you're, you're exa- a team, a team not a family. Mm. That's that's what I mean. So if it's if it feels like platitudes and doesn't feel authentic, yeah, yeah. Then 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 people won't buy into it. But if if it's absolutely ri- what's written down feels like it's only reflecting what it is what exists, it's, then then so, I think
3: people totally buy into it. So you say you love me, I'm on 80k, you are on about a million quid. Any chance of a, a little bit of a <laughs> Salary transfer, <laughs> a bit more love. Yeah, a bit more love. Any chance of a bit more love? It just doesn't doesn't sit it doesn't sit well
0: but, with me. But then again, if if that love, so uh, you're you're referring to Bristol there, obviously. What? So if, let's Says <laughs> yeah. who? If, if um, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen or does happen, but if uh, if love was the thing, and Charles Pieterow knew I'm on a million quid, and and this guy, let's say Henry Purdy, he's on uh, ten times less. Yeah. Um, if he went right great win at the weekend back three team we're going out i'm buying the meal you don't have to think about anything bring your bring your miss your girlfriends and wives i'm i'm taking care of you that would be that's the sort of thing that like tom brady at the patriots would have done isn't mm, it it
3: is it would sort of make me think that he's, he's going to pay a lot more than me <laughs> well you know he's
2: getting yeah, paid the, yeah, you, yeah. Know. you know
0: you know he's getting paid a lot more <laughs> but if if charles pietra um, Brought the values of the of the team and the club to life, and went. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna show a bit of love to my brothers here, who are, who are grafting, and you know I'm in a fortunate position. I'm gonna take care of them. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but uh, all I'm saying is like values on a wall mean nothing.
3: Yeah, uh, well, that's basically my basically. But, my but thing. culture
0: and values mean everything. Yeah,
3: and so the point I'd make is, if it's the byproduct, great that's exactly what you should be. Mm. You know, maybe if you're standing back and looking measuring it as a by-product, then it kind of works. If you're going yeah. in and making it your goal and it's the be all or end all, like it's focus obsessive focus on culture, then do you have it?
0: Mm.
3: You know, it's, it's one thing to say um, oh, this is a good party. It's another thing to cont- continuously tell everybody this is a good party until you believe it's a good party. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be that 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 would be where I draw the line. And also, I do love the misdirection from Saracens. Much like the All Blacks made everyone sweep the change rooms, Saracens uh, misdirecting the whole league when actually, it was, you know, uh, salary cap breaches probably
2: a bit, uh, bit of both with Saracens, but the salary cap breaches definitely helped.
3: Yes, they they, they oh, did help. We'll never know. They
0: helped, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say what I've said before that they won three European Cups. Uh, I think I and in the european cup the salary cap advantage is negated i agree unless yeah. so th- th- so you don't you don't beat all those french clubs and those irish provinces if you don't have it for real uh, yes i, I completely I, yeah.
3: I think that is completely legitimate uh, when you beat the irish province you beat them on their terms the only thing you would say as a premiership owner is you managed to beat them on those terms because you managed to re- rest all of your other players from, the, from from the Premiership. Your bigger squad allowed you, allowed you to do that. Otherwise, it might have been us playing in Europe or you know some some such thing. Oh, but th- no, I'm not. I, I'm I not Saracens I absolutely love Saracens. In their point in their, the the point was not to bash Saracens o- over the salary gap. Just really to point out what was the, what was the correlate f- between them winning was it the money. Or spending up to salary cap, or was it the culture? And I'm pretty certain it, it was the cap. In the same way that it was, ex- it was the ex- two ex- big,
0: ex- it was the two big uh, signs up on the Allianz Park, um, which said honesty, integrity. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: mean, I <laughs> do think that if um, <laughs> Gus, if, if bought four helicopters rather than two, he'd, he'd probably be a champion now.
0: Oh
2: it? yeah, definitely.
3: Yeah. and probably a year earlier.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Um, so where can we find that article, JB? Rugby Pass. There you go. Um, Good stuff. Fixtures next week Uh, They are here
3: Let's go through them
2: Yeah So I have got On Friday night uh, We have Montpellier hosting Leinster Which is going to be an away win Yeah I think so Yes We didn't really touch on the Leinster-Bath game
0: Uh, No Don't need to
2: No Easy win Easy win for Leinster um, never really got our second gear
0: they're so good,
2: they are so good they're such such a good team Bath actually, they, they came back better than I, I was expecting this to be a 60 points to nil um, hammering how much of it them coming back was down to Leicester taking the foot off their gas off the gas rather than Bath actually starting to perform, yeah. I suspect that probably weighed pretty heavily But
0: a late try for uh, Bath meant they avoided their heaviest ever European defeat
2: Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and I was expecting it to be even heavier than A that A
3: record-setting bath team, well done Yes Lens.
2: So, Leinster win away at Montpellier Ul- Ulster host Northampton
3: Right, quick one Ulster. Do you want to go to the Ulster-Northampton game at Northampton?
2: When is it? Because I think I might be away January, Middle or two weekends in January Yeah, I think I'm away that weekend uh,
3: Right, okay uh,
2: I'll Okay. I'll double-check that But otherwise, yes, I would be I'm saying Ulster I'm saying Ulster, Ulster But this is the kind of game that Ulster Could lose
0: I hope they don't Give me not Ulster at the, well, Not uh, at Ravenhill on a, Friday, uh, on a Friday night
3: What did we see from Ulster this week? Uh, a free-flowing, attacking rugby Pulling through the hands Offloading, spreading it wide This is actually the sort of game where North Northampton Hampton
2: could come into it Yeah,
0: you're playing Northampton on Northampton's terms Give me Northampton
2: <laughs> Interesting
0: Dwayne Vermaelen will be. Will he be available for this one? He, yeah, yeah,
2: he Starting. played. He played. Um, yeah, no, no. He, yeah, he. he, he, he I'm certain. Sure, no, certainly, he'll be available. Courtney will be back as well. Yeah. Big courts. Hmm. Yes, Courtney
0: will be damn big. might be out
2: though. Oh. Ooh. Okay. On Saturday we have two one o'clock kickoffs, which are Bath hosting La Rochelle. Don't care. Don't know. Away win.
0: Uh, La Rochelle.
2: Yeah. Then. The other one o'clock game is Harlequins hosting Cardiff. Cardiff win. Cardiff, come on, Rowan.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rowan Jenkins to score a hat trick, and no Harlequins. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you,
2: Harlequins. Quins. Then at uh, three fifteen we have Sale hosting Clermont. This will be interesting. Clermont. Mm. Clermont
0: have to win.
2: Yeah, they've got to win every game now. Well,
0: well, well, the the way the. uh, And (coughs) there is a little bit where my excitement for the Heineken Champions Cup was tempered ever so slightly because there's a sense of impending doom. And do you remember last year they only got two rounds of the pool staging before it Uh, all went? Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of me that goes, oh God, is that going to happen again? And I hope not because I quite like working. uh, (laughs) 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 But also because the clubs need it. Um, And the tournament needs it and rugby needs it. But. That makes, I think, that makes these games potentially even more important. And yeah, if Claremont get lose away at Sale, they, they, they with the way things went last year and it could go again this year, they could be out. So, mm. My um,
3: view on this is Sale's set piece is not strong enough to take on Claremont. Mm. Simple as that. And I don't think their backs are all exciting enough. They're, they might
0: be able to get parity in open field, you know, collision play, and that's what they're good at. <clears throat> but, if we were talking about Sale against Ulster, you'd be saying Sale can, Sale can do them. Yeah, because I think they could squeeze them. And Ulster just won in Claremont And Sale are good at home But
3: I think if you play the say, the Claremont-Ulster game Ten times I don't think you get that same result I think Sale could probably strangle And strangle Ulster I think Well, I think that's what they'll try and do I don't think that's going to work with Claremont It might work, but I doubt it mm. I th-
2: mm. Give me Claremont Away uh,
0: probably probably think Claire wants to sneak that yeah so we all so we all agree
2: yeah, then we 've got two five thirties on the Saturday, which is Glasgow hosting Exeter yeah, uh,
3: Gla- yeah which Glasgow La- put in a,
2: really close yeah, Glasgow put in a very spirited performance against La Rochelle. Um and we 're unlucky not to get more out of the game oh, Exeter winning
0: this. this game seems to come up a lot in the pool stages doesn 't it um mm.
2: the hog Ball.
3: Yeah, give me Exeter. Uh, Exeter, but doesn't wouldn't surprise me one bit if Glasgow win this.
2: And then,
0: yeah, I think I agree. Exeter just, but Glasgow, I wouldn't be
2: surprised. Racing ninety-two against Ospreys should smash Ospreys. Oh, this sure. this uh, big home win. Yeah, yeah it I I don't can't don't be don't anything know. else. And then Munster host Cast.
3: I honestly don't know. No idea.
2: I don't, I don't think Mun, Munster.
3: You'd hope Munster, but Cast are much better than we. Well, much better than they showed Mm. I don't know Uh, Scarletts, Bordeaux I assume Bordeaux But again, I don't have any idea really
2: Well, yeah, I'd assume Bordeaux Bordeaux, who were semi-finalists Bordeaux
3: Last year They're currently top of the top 14 Bordeaux Here's a good game for you Here's a bloody good game Leicester Connacht
0: At at Wilford Road Hey Leicester, Leicester will win that comfortably Leicester
3: are very, very disciplined Right They do things, you know, they've got their driving mall set uh, set up well. They're not a team of superstars. You know, if this turns into a shootout and Connick start uh, scoring lots of tries, I don't think Leicester have what it takes to win that kind of game. If Leicester control the game, like they control most games, then they'll be absolutely fine. Uh, And I think Connick can score. I think Connick can score lots of points. So there's going to be a case of. Do Connacht score points and carry carry on scoring? Because if so, they'll be out of sight. I don't think Leicester can catch them. Compared to, can Leicester squeeze Connacht? So, I think it's going to be much more interesting than people give it credit for.
2: So, you think Connacht have got a a good chance of being the first team to beat Leicester?
3: I do, actually. Mm. I mean, I don't think they will. But I think think it's as good a chance as as we've seen for a long time.
2: Mm. As good a chance as away at Bordeaux or... Quins or Saracens? Yeah,
3: yeah I, I, I think I think so actually. Because uh, I mean, the Bordeaux win was excellent. Uh, the Premiership rivals have got so much knowledge on. So you know, if you're trying to, if you're a Steve Borthwick and you're a details orientated guy and you're playing players that you know of and you, you know you know these teams pr- pretty well, it's much easier to draw up your game plan than it is against Connacht. Hmm. Because you know, even if you watch Connacht in the Pro 14, you'd have no idea what kind of team they are. And you watch a lot of Pro 14 as well. I haven't watched no Pro 14. <laughs> but if I had every single snippet of Connex Pro 14 performances, my guess would be, much like all the other Irish provinces, they don't show their true colours until Europe. So good luck working out exactly what they are.
2: Ultimate fighting championship, obviously, rather than Pro 14.
3: Sorry, you, the ultimate fighting
2: championship. Yeah. Yes. And
3: they're also on the back of a absolute stomping on Stad.
2: Yes. Yeah, Stad, who I think didn't really want to be there in the west of Ireland.
0: Didn't want to be there.
2: No. Yeah. Mm. Okay. The other fixtures we have on Sunday, we have Toulouse hosting Wasps, which is going to be a home win. Yep. And then Stade Francais hosting Bristol. Bristol fresh off their 28-0 win. I can see Bristol losing this. Oh, yeah. Can you see Bristol losing this? Definitely.
3: Even though I... Stade Francais got absolutely smashed.
2: By Connacht. Um Yeah it depends it depends if stad can be bothered with the league frankly <laughs> uh, the league the um the cup cuz it,
3: it doesn't seem to be high on their priority list does it
2: yeah they are currently languishing in 10th in the <coughs> in the top 14
3: okay so
2: uh which hmm. is ahead of bristol in the premiership or comparatively
3: the, the difference f- being i think that the top 14 does have relegation this year so whereas Europe for Stad is a burden because their focus is not getting relegated for Bristol what do they care Europe is a outlet for some actual silverware because they don't need to worry about relegation give me Bristol based on that
0: Mm. I think Bristol
2: give me Stad but we'll see and there you go that is everything any Um, more for any more
0: if your team's in the challenge cup be better
3: yes Oh, sorry guys and very very last thing I can't believe it. I keep forgetting to um, do to do things but if you just give me two seconds right so the last shout out of, of, of the day winners of the Daily Mail Trophy Championship first time in schools schools history Burke Hampstead school first team
2: well done Burke Hampstead well done congratulations well done
3: Ed, big deal big deal yes it really is so from that do they still get to play
0: Twickenham no idea
3: Probably Maybe No idea Don't It was know. always
0: a big deal did you, did you play in a school that entered the Daily Mail Cup and trophy and all the rest of no, it No,
3: but I will tell you the story about the Daily Mail Cup When I went to university um, We went to Freshers Week And the Freshers, you know, when the rugby club first formed up Every single player that I met had won the Daily Mail Cup <laughs> And I couldn't work out how so many players had won the Daily Mail Cup We, it must be an intake of 200 and uh, maybe I was one of five who had not won the Daily Mail Cup (laughs) well
2: done guys yeah
3: congrats so follow us on Twitter uh, at Ropey Podcast me at Jay Beardmore occasionally Phil at Cocker Tim uh, Tim. Phil will be lurking in your DMs if you're lucky Uh, and until next week let the boys play Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter